Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? Do I have any freaking game? Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, PR927FM.com. And watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. We'll talk about whatever you want to discuss on this Wednesday program. Got some guests to get to, including the voice, Jeff Charles. He'll get you ready for East Carolina NC State. We'll talk to Jeff Charles coming up at 4 o'clock on today's show at 4.30. Patrick Mason from the Daily Reflector as we will talk. Uh, all things East Carolina. Get his thoughts on uh, practice wrapping up. Just a couple more practices to go for ECU until they take on the Wolfpack. So we'll talk to Patrick about that. We'll have a full depth chart review with Stephen Igo coming up at 5 o'clock today right here on Pirate Radio Live. Shirley Rhodes is here. Shirley, look at this Facebook memory from nine years ago. Happier times. You look so happy dancing with me. And, and right now, you are so stressed. It looks like a different Shirley Rhodes. I have a lot more I have a lot more gray hair now than I did back then. Well. Can I take... Uh, uh, uh. Chandler, you haven't been introduced. Chandler Honeycutt's here. Can I take a gander at that picture? Oh, yeah. Take a good what old What were we gander. doing? I mean, we were dancing, obviously, we were but I don't, I don't know what we <laughs> were. Y'all are also twinning. I'm also wearing the same clothes that day I was wearing, I'm wearing right now. Wait, 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 wait. Is that you <laughs> or me? It's us. Oh, it's both of us. This is us. <laughs> what did you oh, no, think it was? Because I thought no, I thought you were on the left for a second. I thought that was actually Chandler. Nine years ago? How old were you, Chandler? Like, oh, like four? Four. Yeah. Uh, four. No, my bad. Well, you also do remember Chandler is thirteen I'm, years old. Because I'm much older. I have to switch glasses. Oh my god, Grandma Shirley. Yeah. Right. I switch glasses when I have to I have a special pair that I wear when I'm looking at the computer and because of that I can't see my distance is off. So from a distance that from looks a like distance. <laughs> that looked like <laughs> clip, you look like Chandler in that picture. All right, and Grandma, then me, we got we, it. The, you, you, the, the, Who's hey. saying from a distance? Bet Midler. Anybody else? Or is that it? I was thinking like Vanessa Williams. No, not from a distance. Speaking of which, I saw Rick Fox on television today. <laughs> All right, we got too much to talk about to do this nonsense. Uh, Jeff Charles Patrick. You're the Mason. one that asked. I know, I know. It's my fault. <laughs> I got to stay on track. It's game week. Wager McGee's here. So we got a million things to talk about. All the football games. No time to discuss Rick Fox and that game show I saw him on earlier this morning. All right, one business piece we got to take care of, Wager, before we get to you. We are going to every Wednesday, myself, Chandler, and CJ are going to pick a top 10 team that's going to lose this weekend and a top 25 team. It can be two top 10 teams if you want, but one has to be in the top 10, and then we can do all of the top 25. Top 10 should be unanimous this week because we're going to keep up with records, but there are multiple games you can pick. 
So I tell you what, I'll let y'all go ahead and uh, Chandler. What do you got? Top ten team to lose this week? Oh, I have my top twenty-five. I didn't get to my top. 50. What are you doing? Why? I mean, when did I tell you to do this? Okay, Florida over Utah. <sighs> I mean, you just got what? you have one sitting there for you. Why did you not do the top ten team? You could have a top five. I was team working on my top twenty-five team for the last two hours. No, you told me 30 minutes ago. It was way more than 30 minutes ago. Way more. I don't think so. CJ, when did I tell well, you? Well, i tell you what. It I, wasn't two hours ago. I told you I after know that Chandler. For a fact. When did I tell you? It wasn't two hours ago. At least an hour ago. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So closer to two hours than 30 minutes. All right. CJ, uh, who's your top 25, Chandler? Uh, I'm going to go West Virginia over Pitt. Dang. Can, All I, right. can we duplicate? Yep, we can. Yeah, I have the same two. The same two? Yeah, I do have the same two. What wow. are these guys doing, Wager? I don't know. All right, my top ten team to lose is going to be Notre Dame to Ohio State. Easy. As a 17-point uh, favorite in that one. Yeah. My top 25 team, I got to go with my boys. You know, in basketball, Chandler, I like to say they're tough as nails. Oh, boy. They're and, back. And football. The Razorbacks. The Razorbacks are going to knock off top 25 Cincinnati. So, Cincinnati is my top 25 team to lose. Uh, you guys are going Utah and West Virginia. I, I didn't know if we could pick ranked matchups. Yeah, like, you can pick. Because, look, this is about to get really difficult. Yeah. So, to, this is a, a soft toss, a freebie that I'm taking advantage of that you guys aren't. But, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. What if Notre Dame wins and Utah uh, loses? It could happen. What if we all win? What if we all win? No, I noticed nobody picked NC State as their top 25 team to lose. You guys aren't true pirates, huh? Hate to see it. Sad to see. All right. Did maybe- you pick them? No. Okay. <laughs> Move on. Look, I only had like 30 minutes to think about this. <laughs> Screw you. Leave me alone. Wager, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Let's get it. Let's get right into the thick of things. Uh, wager East Carolina NC State. This line has gone back up to 11 and a half last time I looked. Total has come way down 55 and a half to like 51 and a half. Why? What's the deal with the total? Is there a hurricane coming in this weekend? No hurricane. I don't know if I mean, that is a major move though, right? It Four is. Points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all of a sudden people are just starting to look at the games a little bit and looking at, I mean, ECU's got a good defensive line. I think NC State does. You know that ECU's going to try to come out and run the ball to establish that initially. If you get through the first quarter without much scoring, I mean, that's a tough number to get to. If we talked about it, I already bet the under, so, but I got it. You're on the under. You got it at 55. I got it at 55, though. Okay. So, I don't, I mean. You got the best number available. Yeah. Closing line value, as they like to say. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, last year. I looked at those numbers. I know it's not the same matchup, but ECU was you know thirty three nineteen to App, and then twenty to seventeen South Carolina. Both of NC State's yeah. first games forty five nothing twenty four ten in a much competitive MC, Mississippi State game. I think this is going to be a really physical like in the trenches sort of game. So mm. I like the under hot noon start. Okay, so uh, you got you got the under. How about a side? A lean. I think it, I I don't really I haven't played one yet, but with the under, you would take the dogs at 11, you know, 11 and a half points, right? right? That I mean, makes sense. To, yeah. Okay. All right. So a, a slight lean there, but you you do like the under. Yep. In uh, East Carolina, NC State. All right. What we're gonna do now? Let's go chronologically. Look at some top twenty-five matchups. Look at some interesting matchups. 
uh, with local interest. And then we'll get to the games you really like on your piece of paper. Because I don't want to start this segment out with Portland State. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't want to do that today. That's what the people want. That's you, what we uh, need to give out winners. We are. We're yeah. going to. We're giving out just winners. Just not right here. I think we're going to give out a winner on the under. I think we're about to give one out here in this next one, too, because I know what we're going to. The Backyard Brawl? No, I thought we were going UNC app. Man, we have terrible uh, communication here. I, I thought we were going local first. So. Chronologically, Chron- beginning okay. Thursday night. We'll go then. <laughs> backyard Brawl. We we got to shake off this rust. West Virginia, Pittsburgh. They're playing this. What's the stadium called? Acrisure. It's the Heinz Field. They removed the Heinz. They removed the ketchup. Yeah. So they're playing in Acrisure, which is the Steelers' home field. West Virginia, Pitt. Pitt, seven and a half. Wager. Any lean here? over I, I think i 52. thought i had pitt initially but the battle of usc quarterbacks we talked chandler about talked you down yeah he talked me down <laughs> on it because he likes it and i i mean graham harold offense coordinator old offense corner from you from usc like kind of reconnecting here with jt daniels and they're gonna open the offense up a little bit and i don't think you know kevon slovis is at pitt I know they, they lost a wide receiver, Addison or whatever, to uh, to USC. But they're still really talented on the offensive side, one of the better offensive lines in the country. I mean, it's always usually a tight game. I think that's why you would take the 7.5. But uh, I like both teams throwing the ball around on week one. The whole offensive line is back, by the way, for Pitt. There you go. All right, so over. Is that what you said? Over 52. We try to go overs here as much as we can, so we got to get the, the okay. under out of our system there. All right, another game Thursday night, Big Ten matchup, Penn State at Purdue. Interesting one here. Penn State is a road favorite, total at 53. Anything on that one? Not really. I think I would lean Penn State there, but I don't I don't have a strong way either, either way. I just think Purdue's going to have trouble. They're going to have to be all passing because they really are – I don't think they can line up and run the ball against Penn State's defense, but I, so I probably should be on Penn State. But right now, it's a it's a pass. I look at it a little bit more. For now, we're going to bypass Portland State, San Jose State. We are going to get back to it, I promise. <laughs> but let's move to Friday night. Love this matchup. I want to see if maybe we get an upset here. But Virginia Tech, Old Dominion, Hokies, seven and a half point favorite, total at forty eight. Any interest in that game? I am a pass on that one. Right, a now. pass on that one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Friday night, Illinois at Indiana. Anything there? No, I like that next one, though. This TCU at Colorado. ESPN, Friday night, 10 o'clock in Boulder. And uh, the Horn Frogs, almost two touchdown favorites against the Buffs. 55 and a half total. They are. Uh, new head coach, Sonny Dykes for TCU. Really oh, yeah. good. 18 starters back, 10 on offense. Um the old off the new offense coordinator was the SMU as well, so they'll they'll kind of open it up there a little bit. Um, I mean, just a couple of things. I mean, Colorado really stepped backwards last year in the third year. They went from twenty nine to nineteen points a game on offense, and were kind of a little bit of rebuilding. Uh, not much, but TCU over the last few years, uh, last two years, is three and zero as a road favorite. It's a big number to lay in Colorado, but I I mean. Colorado is really kind of a rebuilding in the bottom of the barrel. Most of the Phil Steele numbers, as we talk about, and units ranked were 11th or 12th best in the Pac-12. So he's got their talent in the bottom of the, the Pac-12. So I'll go along with that. All right. Speaking of Colorado, how about uh, ABC at noon on Saturday? Colorado State, and we're looking at a huge number here, 30 and a half, 31 uh, to Michigan. Can Michigan win by that much on Saturday? 
I think they're going to throw it around both. And you know, Colorado State now is kind of the Reno Rocky. So uh, Norville is going there. They've got a quarterback that they're taking from Reno. So a lot of the Reno folks are went to Colorado State with him. Uh, Mummy, little Mummy, is going to be the new offense coordinator there. So they're error raiding it. So they're going to throw it around, make lots of mistakes. And Michigan's going to start different quarterback the first two weeks, right? Oh, yeah. So I do lean over here, I think, because I think Colorado State's going to throw it 50 or 60 times if they can get the ball. And it's – which one is it this week? Um, The one that started most of the year for Michigan. Yeah, I don't know their names. I don't either. They're both both Macs, right? McNair. Uh, Cade McNair, McNamara, Jerry yeah, McNamara. McNamara from Syracuse. Yeah, JJ McCarthy is is going to start next week against Hawaii, which gives a much better. So Cade better put up some big numbers this week because Hawaii is definitely a sieve. They'll give. What it do up you think about this move? I don't know. I saw something that you thought it was biblical or something. I don't know. King Solomon was uh, mentioned, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I, I they're gonna score. I mean, they they scored last year. What if one is Cain and one is Abel? Got to be careful about that while we're talking yeah. biblical brothers. So I, I think I mean you're not doing a quarterback tryout and letting them hand the ball off, right? I mean eventually they will in the fourth quarter, but yeah. I think he gets three good quarters of throwing the ball they, around. How they command the huddle wager and, and all that. Uh, do you know what new Mon- new offense coordinator for for Michigan too? So he needs some play calling experience. So again, he's got to work with him because the old offense coordinator went to Miami. I love the way your beautiful mind thinks. Because it doesn't always it's turn pre-season. out that way. Yeah, I know, but... But you make sense. You gotta have a thought say. with it, right? Yeah. So, Do you know what uh, who Mummy is, Chandler? I thought he said Little Mommy. Matt Mummy. So that's what, the what to how Mummy. It's Are we at a grandson yet, or is it son? Or nephew? I don't know where he is in the Mummy tree. Yeah, I need a Mummy family He was tree. offense coordinator at Reno. Again, Jay Norvell was the head coach at Reno. Uh, Related to Mike? is coming to uh maybe we got family trees we got king solomon we're doing it all here yeah all right so you wanted to talk north carolina app state let's talk it north carolina what is this line at one so north carolina is a one and a half point favorite against app state total 55 and a half north carolina uh, drake may look good last week uh the offense they gave up a lot of points though they did to florida a&m so are we going over I, I would lean that way. I definitely love App in this game. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't. You know, I was trying to figure out. There's like Chase Bryce. You know, at Duke. It's you know everybody that would play here would have a little chip on their shoulder. You know, and and he played at Duke, and the last the only time he started, North Carolina actually destroyed them. And was it 2019? Um, 56-24, and he had a really bad game and got replaced in that game. So a little bit of chance there, but really good. Defensive linebackers, defensive backs, they're much better, t- you know, much tougher tests there for North Carolina. At home, App's not a home dog very much. They've only been a home dog two times since 2017. They won both of them. I know this will, it could be a pick by the time they, they get to that point. But, uh, and Mac is only three and five against the spread now versus non conference, and only one and five against the spread as a road favorite the last two years. So I think there's questions about North Carolina offensive line. I like App. I'll take App at home. All right, App. Uh, any advantage, disadvantage to, for North Carolina to play last week? App State not to play. You don't care about that much. No, I mean, you know, that's App's got a new offensive coordinator from Central Michigan. So you would look at new quarterback for North Carolina. Now App's got game footage, right? So they can see that they yeah, pick up any tendencies with that, and then. What's North Carolina doing? Are they watching Central Michigan offense? Are they, you know, there could be some wrinkles that they have in there that's going to surprise them this week. So, okay, I, I, I don't think 
And I don't know if they came out injury free. I would say it's a little bit of an advantage from App standpoint because they have a little bit of stuff now they can look out with uh, with the new quarterback in North Carolina. All right, if you like Oregon, you're never going to be able to take them plus 17 the rest of the year. So this is your chance to get them, but you ha- you would have to take them against the Georgia Bulldogs. Total around 53. What do you think about Oregon Georgia coming up? I like the 17 and a half points. I like I the dog. I do too. Yeah. I mean. If anybody, because a lot of these kickoff games like this are just SEC blowouts. But we talk about like the connections and stuff, right? So Oregon head coach, I think everybody criticizes like the Georgia quarterback as being the weak link, weak link of that team, right? It was really a defense. Well, who's he facing now? The former defensive coordinator for Georgia that saw him every single day in practice. Very interesting. Um, Bo Nix. Well, you're about to say I don't like Bo Nix. Bo Nix. I like home Bo Nix. I hate road Bo Nix. Reunited with his 2019 offense coordinator from Auburn, and that was the best year statistically that Bo <clears throat> Nix has ever had. Playing Georgia, which, you know, again, he played Georgia many years there. So I like that. I, I like a lot of the things there. And, Yo, Georgia's got, I think, three returning defensive starters. They played a ton, and, and the three and nine yeah, guys but. stepping in are all going to be drafted in the NFL one day. Yeah. Um, but I think Lanning might be able to – I mean, he's had – that's another thing, too. He's had since January to prepare for this game, too. It's not normal prep time. I think he's going to have some things that are going to confuse um, – what's his name? Bennett, right, his quarterback. Um, yeah. Stetson. I, staying under 17 and a half, I, I definitely like all right yeah the only thing that really scares me is like bo nicks pick sixes like yeah. georgia's offense doesn't terrify me really you know i know everybody said it is i mean it's a it's a home game i mean yeah. however you want to look at it's in the georgia dome right? all right arkansas uh my top 25 team to lose this week is cincinnati love this game it's a great game on the schedule you don't see this matchup a lot uh speaking of teams that lost a lot the bearcats did so They'll be working in a new QB, a lot of new guys on defense. We'll see. Uh, can they hang with Arkansas? I I like Arkansas in that game. Yeah. I, I didn't do much of a write up, and they're favored in it. So yeah. you're touchdown. I mean, it's they're about ranked the same thing there. But I mean, Arkansas took a ton of the you know steps forward last year. I can't remember what they got from transfer portal, but third year of the system, but really good last year. And except if anybody lost, I mean, that's secondary there for uh, Cincinnati. You can't replace those two corners they had there. All right, the Urban Meyer Bowl, 7 o'clock Saturday night. These two teams will grind it out, Utah and Florida. You skipped by Houston. Ranked. No, I didn't. I probably did. Yeah. But I'm going to deny that I did. Okay. Uh, Let's go Urban Meyer Bowl real quick. So now you're down with a chronological order, huh? Well, I I can see the screen here. (laughs) Sitting on this side is... uh, By the way, Alex said... I don't like it. I'm visible. What did he say? see... Uh, was only able to listen to the podcast the last couple of years due to his work schedule. Now uh, it's normal. He can watch live. It's his first time seeing Wager McGee since he's gone public. Yeah. He didn't say if it's good or bad, <laughs> but it's the first time you're able to see uh, Wager McGee's face. Um, so, Chandler, we love this matchup just as a game itself, Utah and Florida. Unique to me. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> He's my Ed McMahon chiming in. I know. That was a good I like that. Unique to me. Good delivery. <laughs> wait, wait, what are you like? What are you talking about? Well, the, uh, good timing and delivery on that. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm not usually a part of the the sidekick show here. So you have to remember, I'm usually I'm on that. I'm just Paul Schaefer, okay? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Wow. Uh, all right. Utah, Florida. 
I tried to find a way to like Florida, the heat. You always love stuff. Florida preseason. Well, I think travel, heat in the middle of, you know, it, it, what is it? Start. Oh, no, it's a night game, but yeah. still. Uh, it'll be delayed due to lightning because it's in Florida on opening weekend. Had so. a lot of that in week zero, Oh, it'll way. happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't. I love Utah in this game. All right. I'm glad you say that. I've seen a lot of people on Florida, and I don't want to believe it. I want to take Utah with you. I mean, Florida's it's a rebuilding year. We like Napier. We think he's oh, yeah. going to be fine. But, man, they're bringing in, like, offensive line transfers. And Lafayette's been really good the last few years, but running backs and offensive line transfers right away, they're starting for Florida again phil Steele had them like where they're kind of their skill levels a little bit down right now um and utah's utah's physical we're gonna see in that i think that extra practice for bowl game second year for the quarterback there that you know transferred from texas i man i like utah and they brought in two really they lost some good talent on on defense as well but uh brought in the number one tackler from florida who is, is going to be a starting linebacker for them and stanford's number four tackler who is also a linebacker so they just reloaded on that side because i think two of the lloyd and somebody else got drafted in the nfl um yeah i'm i get it bad travel heat you know it's florida but i think you're getting value with only three is it still three yeah i mean to me it's it's a it's a much bigger number than that i mean utah's physical and solid across the board everywhere so seven and two straight up seven one and one against the spread in road openers since 2013 espn has the total at 51 for that game i i didn't look at that i was trying to stay off of just saying over on every single game but uh you know (laughs) default over all right um, well florida's also changing right they're going to be running the lafayette run based offense i think we talked about that with somewhere else so it's a little bit of an unknown there but i do know where i'm getting in in uh in utah dana holgerson houston thinking dream season thinking big year this year but wager could they be a top 25 team that loses week one yeah, I'm, I'm taking I'm taking UTSA plus the points, and we'll sprinkle here. UTSA future AAC team booting out Houston, who will be leaving the American. Uh, so plus four and a sprinkle on the money line for the Roadrunners. Yeah, I mean it's Alamo Dome started kind of changing a little bit as everybody jumped on board on the bandwagon. There, they started really getting a big home field advantage last year. They went seven and zero straight up at home. Um, and under head coach trailer it's his third year they're 12 and two straight up in the last two years i mean two years ago they kind of went under the radar they're four no against the spread as a dog last year and in, in his career so again going into the third year he's eight and two against the spread as a head coach um i i mean i, I like the offense of utsa to, to stick with them so the quarterback's back the wide receivers are back they got overshadowed by western kentucky uh, in conference USA, USA last year and got outscored by them in the championship game there at home 49-41 but besides that nobody else really was able to just control them control the game and outscore them so alright uh, wager I'm only taking good teams this year so the only game I'm picking this Saturday is Ohio State minus 17 against Notre Dame is that a good idea? I I think so I, I, I mean Notre Dame lost their main, their key wide receiver. They've got a whole bunch of new guys in place. Obviously, the head coach is new, although he was around. I, I, I mean, it's Notre Dame. I get it, but this is I, I kind of if you put this at the end of the year in the playoffs against an Alabama or an Ohio State, seventeen is kind of about where those numbers have been in the playoffs, and they've gotten blown out. 
it's the best offense in college football by far, and I think they just roll up points. So I don't know if Notre Dame's going to be able to stick with them because they got four healthy wide receivers, and I think one of them's a walk on. Yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's go Buckeyes. What now? We'll we'll get to that. Wait, wait, okay. Is that on your list? I love the points there. Taking the points. <laughs> oh, Which really? Probably, yeah, probably not. Well, all right, well, let's talk thing. about it now. You're going Utah State plus the points against Alabama? 42? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. So, Alabama plays Texas. We're first look ahead of the year. Aren't you happy about ah, that? Look ahead. Look, look ahead. And it's back. not just a regular look ahead. It's Texas in week two. So, and not like Texas is any good. Though Alabama will roll them. But you do have that there you know utah state played last week struggle a little bit but uconn's a little bit better and they were you know you could say that they were looking ahead as well so i know it's gonna be the like ohio state by far is gonna be the best offense everybody's like the best defense is gonna be alabama i still want to see rick's new transfer kool-aid i guess starts full-time now that secondary is gonna give up some points here and there 62 and a half may not be bad either you sweat out alabama will probably jump out big early i was gonna say but those alabama first quarter first half, first half you love great. first quarter yeah. first half so across no. the board i just think they've got to shut it down if they're at four if you're i mean it depends on where it was 42 42 and a half 41 and a half get the best number you can they're not still going to be we saw that though you bet the first half because the fourth quarter they just it's running clock for him he yeah. wants to get out of there without anybody getting hurt they're at 42 they're not going to keep, you know, it'll be third or four starters, four strings walk-ons yeah. there, and they're getting towards Texas for the next week. So. All right, let's run down a few more. Uh, just real quick, Memphis, Mississippi State, anything on that? 7.30 uh, Saturday night? Didn't no. have, I, it seems like I would, I, the numbers seemed high to me. I'd probably lean dog there, but I didn't know. Oh, I was thinking total seems high. Go under 57. 57. Well, that's why I was saying I'd take the 16 or whatever it is with Memphis in, a, in kind of a rivalry game there okay uh let's see boise state oregon state 10 30 espn saturday night you know we like the beavers we do normally so i, I mean i like how wager lumps me in with stuff he likes <laughs> because i don't know what i like so okay i like there the was beavers one now. full year that we were oregon state every single it was one of our little uh teams that we adopted we like the beavers season. we like the beavers <laughs> uh sunday 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 florida state lsu i'm tired of florida state getting this sunday game did they play Notre Dame last year? Yeah, and had them beat and blew that game late. So Ian I, Book, yes, yeah. Ian Book. I had Florida State. I think um, I didn't write right up. I like Florida State plus the points there. A lot of changes for LSU, as we know, new family in town there. So for <laughs> LSU, I like Brian Kelly loses week one. I think so, Man. but and they're favorite, right? I mean, they're it's favored the, by a field goal. It's in Superdome, so yeah. I get it. They're slight lean of of. <clears throat> home field which it isn't so yeah i'll take the points all right and clemson georgia tech clemson a 22 point favorite totals at 51 <sighs> who's quarterbacking for clemson let's say i mean you, it's tough with Ugalala is there a chance if is there that, a, it's tough for him to score points yeah i mean they're gonna go with him right uh they got a highly touted like freshman that i think was in for the spring so he i haven't seen come out of high school yeah um i mean that's uh, I, I don't have anything on it right now. I'd like to see who's, uh, who's right. starting that game. So. Let's take a break. I wanted to do – I love doing uh, team total math wager. Ohio State, 17-point favorite, totals at 59. So if it's like 37 to 20 – yeah, we're pretty close to that. Mm -hmm. So Ohio State over 38-and-a-half or 40, like, I'm, I kind of like that. I, 
I really do think it's going to be like statistically, as we look back on this, it's going to be one of the greatest offenses in the history of of NCA. What they what they're going to roll? Well, let's go and showcase it Saturday night. Oh, I think they are. Okay. I mean, this is one versus five. So I mean, (laughs) I I I mean, at the end of the year, right? You want to you want to stay out of two three versus Alabama, Georgia, right? So because I mean, so what is Ohio State preseason? Did you say two? They're two. Okay. But, I mean, who else is going to beat the fifth rank? This could be the most impressive win. Against so what if they beat Notre Dame by 40? Do they move up to number one? I think you could argue that when it comes time for the – the. just depends, you know. Who is number one? Bama? Bama. So Bama doesn't cover and Ohio State rolls. We got a new number one, boys and girls. Mine. Plus, right. I mean, Stroud, Heisman Trophy, which is going to be tight with, you know, with he and Will Anderson oh, and yeah. whoever else. I might so. just take all his – Props route the bat. It'll be the best defense he's going to play all year long. All right, uh, we'll come back. The I like the term "money in the crumbs." Is that what the uh, the old term about the bad games and games nobody knows about? Yeah, that's where the real money's at. Yeah, the and wagers got some of those for us. He has been dying to talk about Portland State football, and we'll let him do it when we I'm return after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Drive a little and save a lot at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a great selection of new and pre owned vehicles. Plus, offers service to make to all makes and models in a state-of-the-art facility. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington and online at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. Welcome back to the program. <laughs> Clip Rock, Shirley Rhodes, Big Dog Glenn Griffin here. Chan Man has moved over to video production. And Wager McGee is here. We uh, went over some games of local interest. Talk East Carolina, NC State. Wager likes the under, and for that reason, leans the Pirates way coming up on Saturday. And uh, talked uh, some other top 25 games, things like that. All right, let's dive deep into those notes you got, Wager. Games that we did not discuss earlier that uh, are your favorite plays of the weekend. Ugly Pond. We're getting into Ugly Pond. That's all right. What do you want? I mean... I love, I know we've, we've teased it a whole lot, but I do love, I think it seems like a wrong number to me. 52? Is that what you're still showing for uh, San Jose State and Portland State? Let me go to extra games or wherever I can find these things. I don't, I don't even think I have that available to look at yet. So a couple things there. San Jose State's new quarterback transferred over from Hawaii, the Cordero kid. Uh, they played Portland State last year. He was very successful in that game. Uh, they beat Hawaii, beat uh, San, uh, Portland State in that game, forty-five to forty-nine, thirty-five. So it was eighty-four points, um, five hundred seventy-three yards to four hundred seventy-seven yards. Besides that, Portland State also played 
Washington State last year and hung in there 44-24 and gained 424, 420 yards in that game, too. I looked at Portland. I read about Portland State today. Um, they have a Boise State running back that transferred there this year, Van Buren, who rushed for over 1,000 yards and 21 touchdowns. They have two All-Americans on defense. They have some solid receivers. They did lose their main returning receiver to an Achilles. Uh, new quarterback, but he's a little bit mobile. It just seems like this game is way too low here. Um, week one last year for San Jose State, they beat Southern Utah 45-14. And Phil Seal, who we talked about and referred to a whole lot, loves San Jose State. He's got them as their most improved team of the year this year. Well, San Jose State, <clears throat> the team, and I might be like, this might be years and years ago, but they were like option, like boring football. Yeah, I, I think we're they did. beyond those days though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, a little bit more open. They they had the Starkle kid that transferred in from Texas A and M. I think last year he was a little bit de- a little bit of a disappointment. Only had nine touchdowns and seven interceptions. Again, with Cordero's Hawaii offense, I think they'll open it up a little bit more like that. Um, so we'll see. Here's a chance for them to to run that out there uh, and try to you know try to uh, get the offense going. I can't remember if there's offensive coordinator here. I'm trying to get around there. Um, yeah, and they go to Auburn next week, San Jose. Uh, so they need to really kind of, as we talk about a lot of times, need to get a lot of good run here on the offense in week one to be ready for a game in so Auburn in week two. Over one of your favorite plays this week in that one. Yeah, I kind of like Portland State to hang around there a little bit. I mean, their new quarterback's an issue, but I definitely I think 52 seems off to me a whole lot. So All I'm, right. I'm missing something. I'm seeing Cal Poly on your sheet. Well, we got a rematch from last year, as we know. I remember you, you. I'm sure you remember that game. You probably bet it. Fresno, who's the best team in the Mountain West, beat Cal Poly last year, 63 to 10, um, gained 671 yards, and that was the tweener week between Oregon and UCLA. Remember, they went to Oregon. Ooh, a sandwich. Had were catching 20 points, lost late by a yeah, touchdown, yeah, and yeah. then turned around and went to UCLA and won the next week. Okay. So their next two weeks, Fresno. Um, Sorry, I should, have had the, I should have the book ready to go. How's this not in your notes? They're Oregon State. What's in your notes? If well, this they isn't. Are, well, it's easier to find it this way because they're right. they're at they play Oregon State next week at home. They're at USC the week before or next week. But I'm not that worried about a look ahead just because of what they did last year in between that tweener spot there. Jeff Tedford, new head coach, because the Fresno head coach left. I can't remember where he went to. Great offense again. That last year, week one, they won forty-five nothing, put up five hundred and thirty-eight yards, three hundred and eighty-two passing. Number one quarterback, wide receivers in the in Mountain West. Number two offensive line. They're loaded, and they're going to be really good as they were last year when they All played right. Pac-12 teams. That sounds great. I, I mean, it does sound like wager versus wager arguing here when you talk about Alabama calling off the dogs in their game, but Fresno State being able to cover their game with a look ahead. What's different about it? There's nothing really different about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> this one we have history though. Last year was I mean they played They can do enough in three quarters to Yeah, I mean they played it. again between going to Oregon and going to UCLA, they played in an off week there or in a bye week and beat them by fifty three points. They're laying thirty six is what I had and the total was sixty one. And last year Fresno scored sixty three in this game. And the offense again is really stacked and like they have 15 total starters back eight of them on offense and all the main key it's a really good offense toledo who i like this week too 
Toledo, Fresno, two of the group of five or whatever, not power five offenses that will be fun and will just pile up points all year long. So. All right, uh, let's hit some other games that we did not discuss previously that you like this week. I, I, I mean, these are, again, they're ugly games, but jot them down a little bit. I, I do think Toledo, uh, also Northern Illinois will both roll this week. Uh, various things for those reasons or whatever, but... Yeah, I mean Long Island. Long Island has a football team. They do. Yeah. I was surprised to hear that too. But these look like NCAA tournament basketball matches. Yeah, <laughs> Toledo, Long Island playing in Dayton. That's the, the uh, right to get to whatever the, the CBA. I think, yeah, right there. the uh, CIT. Yeah, one of those. But Long Island rolled into FIU and somehow amazingly lost by thirty-eight points last year, forty-eight ten, and then went to West Virginia. And that bad offense they had in West Virginia beat them sixty-six nothing. So the Blackbirds, I believe, mm-hmm. I think they're Blackbirds. Yep. Uh, not very good. Toledo is really good. And if you haven't seen Daquan Finn, their their quarterback is very very good. And they were like they only lost where they almost they should have beaten Notre Dame. They had like two or three games last year that they lost by two or three points. Or Toledo is a you know ten and two team last year, but very explosive. Expect them to kind of roll out there. These are one of those games where almost like basketball stuff is. It, if you like Toledo, they're probably going to get the over 54 and a half by themselves. So. All right. So, again, Toledo, uh, Fresno Illinois, State, Northern Illinois. Fresno State over San Jose State. I don't know if I necessarily love the 12 there, uh, but I do love that over. That's one of my favorite of the week. All right. Uh, let's take another break because we got to get another one in. Uh, we'll come back. More with Wager McGee. We'll see what else he has in his notes that we haven't discussed. And we'll talk some big picture as well. Uh we hadn't really talked, you know, who's going to win conferences this year, things like that, surprise teams. So we can take a big picture look at it. And one last look at East Carolina and NC State when we return on Pirate Radio Live. More to go on a Wednesday with Wager back with you after this. listening to hour one of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by country mart country mart is open every day and has two locations in bethel on highway 11 and in stokes and highway 903 country mart fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline now back to the show Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is A.J. McMurphy's. A.J.'s has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Rock on Wednesday nights. A.J.'s has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an A.J.'s day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Alrighty, back with you here on a Wednesday. Jeff Charles, the voice, is going to join us here in just a little bit. Also... From the Daily Reflector, Patrick Mason and Stephen Igo. So a lot of pirate football talk on the way. Earlier this hour, Wager McGee says he likes the under in ECU NC State. He liked it when he got it at 55 and a half. Do you still like it at 51 and a half? Uh, Starting to not like it as much, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I already got value. I don't know if it would get low enough where I, I don't think I would try to middle it. Right. So that it's um i expect a little bit more of each team trying to establish the line of scrimmage to start the game so um could be some scoring late but yeah i don't i don't know 
all right you, you like it where you got it. i don't think i'll bet it again at a lower number so if it was the opposite way i would i would look at it we're gonna talk a few more games that you want to discuss but uh just big picture it looks like it's a collision course between bama and ohio state this year right at least heading into the season yeah bama, uh, it depends on how georgia develops on defensive side bama georgia winner against ohio state who i don't think is going to get touched by anybody there so who is anybody there's got to be one other team maybe that has a undefeated one loss season that was the thing utah if utah gets by florida yeah i mean it, you know it's do they get, play oregon uh, I'll take the schedule. You keep talking. What about Utah as a team at the end of the year? Yeah, just because of what they had last year, uh, they do. They're at Oregon, so that'll be an impressive win. They get USC at home, but they're at UCLA. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they get to the next to last uh, game of seasons, Oregon. They probably have to play Oregon again, right, to win. You assume that Oregon's going to win the, the North. So, um, especially if Oregon hangs in with Georgia in week one that gives that win a lot more uh probably a lot more respect nationally could texas a&m be this year's georgia you know lose to bama of course if they lose to bama they won't be able to play in the championship game and beat bama though right yeah they, so they would have to beat them in the regular season they need bama to lose two times and bama doesn't play georgia in the regular season so they do play tennessee who i think is it's gonna have a little bit more say in in things how about um, a&m beats bama represents the west and the championship wins bama goes 11 and one they both get in one of those sickening deals it's happened before i don't see it i I think a&m will a&m as they normally do and and blow a couple games and there's so many good teams in the west plus i mean it got a difficult little schedule i mean they even next week they play app state right not saying app state's gonna go to college station and beat them but a&m's kind of bitten off a little bit of a, a pretty tricky uh schedule app and then followed by miami of florida so yeah it is a tough schedule most likely big 12 team to make it to the playoff oklahoma state oklahoma baylor other yeah that was the that was the thing when i was trying to figure out some like dark horse fourth seed right, right? because that's that's always what's going to come down to it shouldn't be a sixth scene you know it's going to be one of those issues unless utah rolls through there and then they're going to be a solid fourth I, I like Baylor just to kind of continue to develop. I think Texas is a year or two away and really young. Oklahoma in the first year of a lot of new changes. Yeah, Baylor and Oklahoma State are probably the two that really could. And that was the championship game last year anyway, right? What's that? Baylor, Oklahoma State. In a classic that went yeah. down to the one-inch goal line. line. Yeah, That was yep. a great, great game. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was a crappy game it was a crappy game. a lot of points <laughs> it was, it was. uh all right you you want to talk about my guy and if there's one thing i do it's it's pick talent early on i can see when a guy's going to be really good in this case spencer rattler in high school <laughs> i knew he's going to be the man uh not quite but now a new lease on life at south carolina so uh what about rattler south carolina you got to play on their game against georgia state yeah i i do like the I mean, state's tough on the road as we went to auburn almost and won that but they got a lot more than just him too i mean they got nine offensive starters back and then they picked up in the transfer portal they picked the wake forest's leading running back rusher that walked out worked out pretty well the year before with walker going to michigan state so beal smith they also Got a transfer running back out of Georgia that was coming out of high school, was with like 16th best running back in the country. And he also picked up the tight end from Oklahoma and Austin Stogner. Is that Stogner? Stogner, how you say his name? Um, so, I, I mean, the offense should be a lot better. That was their problem last year, right? They, they were playing a grad assistant at quarterback. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, their defense, though. That game against ECU was disgusting. It God, was, we should have won that game. I mean, defense last year in the first year with Beamer went from 36 points a game they allowed down to 24. Yeah. They barely won games just because their offense. They won it with defense, and a lot of those guys are back. So it's um, some kind of like it's kind of corny, but like Beamer magic or something. Like the, all the guys rally around them, you know. Yeah. And there's something to there's something to it. Down it's there. Uh, now it's you know getting all that that bucket of mayonnaise dumped on them. You know, oh like yeah, last year he's got to look something to look forward to in postseason. Yeah, I, I think they've got to open the offense up right there next two weeks talk about after this they play arkansas and then they're georgia the next two games for south carolina so if we believe you know we'll see do you just get out and you shut it down and you just get you know win and survive in advance sort of thing or do you really want the offense to get a lot of work because i think there's a new i think they've got a new offensive coordinator in this in this system as well um a lot of new pieces georgia state's usually willing to to score some points and get to the over but they won at tennessee you know, they went to Auburn and almost won there. So, you know, you probably see over 56 and a half points, but I do lead just because the defense is so good, leaned in to South Carolina minus the 12. All right. Any other games uh, on your manifesto? I love Louisville minus four and a half at Syracuse. Syracuse. ACC game. I may be missing something here in the three years, last three years since uh, Satterfield's been the head coach at Louisville. And a lot of times the talent hasn't been that much difference. They beat, they beat Syracuse last year 41 to three beat them 30 to nothing in 20 and beat them 56 to 34 in 19 so Man. average of 42 to 11 that is, Satterfield is beating Syracuse tells you how much I know is Dino Baber still the coach of Syracuse still yeah okay. but maybe maybe an issue there so I mean he is there's you know they got you know they've got Cunningham back at, at quarterback Louisville does one of the best offensive lines Satterfield's three and one against the spread as a as a road favorite there um and then two and oh last year on the road the, the road favorite beat FSU and Duke and average 46 points in those games. Uh, Syracuse has got a lot of guys back, but man, they, they I mean, you know, I, I, what has happened in that series, uh, it just seems like there's value there. But again, they, they, now Syracuse has had six months to prepare for that game. So. Did Cuse's QB go somewhere? Uh, I was listening to Pick Central Barstool and they were talking about all the quarterbacks that were, and they were talking about Penix from Indiana. You remember two years ago they had that magical year? He is now in the pack 12 i want to say but anyway do your research on on that people They're, like the quarterback market is insane where everybody is this year uh um, yes yeah, the same i'm trying to remember where Penix went but you're right it's who's virginia got i like virginia's quarterback yeah the the guy that i think wears like a 60 something number but I, <laughs> I think we disproved that last year <laughs> armstrong is it brunson yeah 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 i like him yeah. but uh anyway yeah yeah, uh, see, Cuse is, is it? They had a guy like, uh, is it Danny DeVito? It, it I'm sure that wasn't his full. Almost name. like that, yeah. But I don't know if he went somewhere or um, if he's still there. But anyway, he is, uh, he is gone. So they're, they're at least Phil Steele is predicting a Garrett Schrader to be the starting quarterback for Syracuse. So okay, Tommy DeVito has been named starter at Illinois. Ooh. so there you go like yeah. these guys are just bouncing around everywhere they had a good game last week against wyoming i didn't even check yeah. that box score so all right any other games i like north texas plus the points uh, against smu we we i think from time to time talk about north texas uh maryland i think is going to roll buffalo i know that's when you oh we back keep to eye, uh we keep an eye on maryland baby tua yep baby tua um I mean, that offense took a huge jump. Do they up still last have their year. coach that you hated so much that's Locksley? good now? Yeah. yeah. Like, he's winning now. He's good, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he is. And they, 
I mean, the first two weeks—that's what I looked at. He's 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 a bully. I think we used to look at that with with Franklin at Penn State would just hammer guys in the first couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, Loxley same same thing. Understands he he's gonna have some bad losses later on. Needs to get off to a good start. Okay, six and one against the spread non-conference. First two weeks at home with him, they scored. Uh, well, it's just good total. So they've averaged as him a head coach. First two weeks at home, they've totaled uh, 279 games, 279 points, uh, which is a, a 55.8 average. So he likes to go off to a good start, get the right. heat off him a little bit. Um, yeah, cool off that seat before the Big Ten game yeah, start. I love BC, my seven, the last one there. So a little bit. So, Who they play? Uh, they're at home against Rutgers. You know, Jerkovic, the quarterback that transferred. Oh, yeah. They brought in a new offense coordinator. That was the tight ends coach at Notre Dame. So, again, all these things, everybody is, it's weird. This year with Transfer Portal, and he's been at VC now two years, you're bringing in offensive coordinators. It feels like, like, worked with these guys at other places. So, they just put the system in place where they're comfortable with it. But he's got, before he got injured, he was injured a lot last year. You know, he, he threw for 300 plus in, in the four of the first five games, uh, and they got injured, and Clemson was never really the same. So, but, yeah, Shiano and the defensive side there still struggles a little bit, so I think BC can put up some points and roll. Wager, I don't know how many opportunities we're going to have to do this throughout the year. Hopefully there's more coming. I I hope so. But uh, glad to have you here week one. Good to be here. It's exciting. And uh, if we can't get you in studio, we'll uh, we'll at least get your picks out there and then maybe via phone or something. Sure. But I want to I keep it rolling. That okay. was fun. Let's do it. Good luck week one. You too. We'll be checking Go in. Lots of points. San Jose State, Portland. It's a lock. I think the is it on ESPN three? Can we watch it? Do we have to get like Flow Sports? Or I something? think we're getting reports from a pigeon or something <laughs> at the end of each quarter. All right, that's the play. So, uh, so go to your window. Total now. lock. All right, good run. Day. <laughs> Wager. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks. thanks All right, for having me. let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. Hour two, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. The voice, Jeff Charles, joins us. We'll talk Pirates and Pack after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. And for maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 7 7- Five six eighty three hundred today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right, that was fun breaking down an entire week one of football uh, with Wager McGee. There, a couple of uh, or one news and note that we missed. Uh, Jaquan McMillan has signed with the Broncos practice squad, so he was waived, made it through waivers, and was brought back by Denver. So that's uh, good to hear. Chandler wearing a Denver esque colored shirt today yeah looking sharp over there Thank you. uh anything else shirley on your no, news desk? um just keeping a close eye on to see if tyler sneed pops up somewhere yeah. so um because he was waived by the uh 
uh, the Steelers yesterday. So just kind of keeping an eye to see if he uh, shows up somewhere. And you can also go to our uh, social media, especially Twitter. I don't know if we have it anywhere else, but uh, Harold Varner made some comments today about joining the Live Tour. So you can see those, especially on our Pirate Radio Twitter. Yeah, and you might want to be following our social media this evening because coming up at 6 o'clock, Mike Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell will be talking. So we'll have that video, audio, quotes, all that out for you. And we'll, of course, have the audio on the show for you tomorrow on Pirate Radio. Yeah, and uh, there's one more I wanted to, to mention just because it's a, it's kind of a hot story. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, who plays uh, who played for the Norfolk Ties, just got called up by the Orioles today. 21 when, years old, right? Yeah, he's a young kid. And uh, so he is going to make his Major League debut coming up tonight for the Orioles. Uh which leaves a spot open for the Norfolk Tides, which is the AAA affiliate. Well, the reason why I mention that is because Connor Norby is making a campaign for a promotion because yeah. Connor has been absolutely tearing up the AA. Uh, they they played last night uh, for the Bowie Bay. He plays for the Bowie Bay Sox, but he played for the Erie Sea Wolves or played against them last night, which, by the way, Bryant Packard plays on that team. Uh, Pack went one for four with an RBI, but Norby had a day. Two dingers. Three for four, two home runs, a triple, and four RBIs. And uh, now all of a sudden people are taking uh, notice of Connor and really trying to make a campaign for him to get promoted to Triple uh, A. That takes him to 22 home runs on yep. the season for the former Pirate, Connor Norby. And I know it's fluid and it changes. I, did I see that Norby was the 12th ranked prospect? Yes, for the he old is. Man, so wow. he has flown up. I mean, just that, I, in, in the last year and a half. Yeah, I mean, he went through a, a slump earlier in the season where he was just really struggling um, with his bat, but he's been solid on uh, defense and on the infield. And uh, and all of a sudden, right here probably in the last month, month and a half, his bat has really woken up and he is making a lot of noise. And now people are starting to take notice and they're saying now that there is a possibility, we're not saying for sure, but there is a possibility that Connor Norby could be among some of the prospects that they're looking at to promote uh, to fill that spot that Gunnar Henderson left uh behind when he uh, got called up today all right uh good info there let's uh head out to the pit electric live line and visit with the voice jeff charles on this game week wednesday jeff great to chat with you as always how you doing today Cliff, I'm doing great. After our visit, I'm headed to the Outer Banks uh, to speak tonight to a lot of Pirate fans. You know, there's a really good contingent of ECU fans uh, out east, and uh, we want to go out there and see them tonight and have the opportunity to shake a few hands and uh, spread the gospel of the Pirates, if you will. So we're on our way out there tonight, and you're right. It's uh, it's game week. It's a very busy week. We have so many things going on, but uh, that's the way we like it. We like to see it. A lot of momentum uh, with this uh, program right now, athletics program, Jeff, when you look at how the baseball season ended, when you look at what Mike Houston's team did on the field last year, winning seven games. So should be a lot of excited Pirate fans uh, to talk to tonight, and a ton of them coming to the game on Saturday. As uh, John Gilbert said on Tuesday, there were less than 2,000 tickets remaining for East Carolina NC State. So going to be a great crowd, going to be a great college football atmosphere for the season opener. Yeah, no doubt about it, Clip. And let's hope in the next day or two, those uh, 2,000 seats that were still available are, are sold. And that place will be 50,000. And how great would that be? I mean, this is the most anticipated home opener for the Pirates in recent years. And, of course, there are a few reasons for that. Number one, 
it's North Carolina State, and they're going to bring in a nationally ranked team. And then it's the start of the season, and as you mentioned, the Pirates are coming off a winning year in which they were 7-5 and five and had the bowl invitation last year. So there's momentum you know, for the Pirates as well, and then a quality opponent coming in, your next-door neighbor, rival. Uh, of course, Pirate fans get really excited when anytime East Carolina plays North Carolina State. So it's kind of a perfect storm, really, to have a great opener, and let's hope the Pirates can deliver on the field. It's not going to be easy, Cliff. I've been doing my homework all week, and this is really a solid North Carolina State football team, especially on the defensive side. That front seven is really good. Those linebackers are outstanding. They've got a good secondary, and they've got so much experience on both sides of the ball. So I can understand, at least preseason-wise, why they are ranked number 13, and You've got to go back to 1975. Longtime Pirate fans may remember this. 1975, Lou Holtz was the coach at North Carolina State, and they entered that season also number 13. So this is a very good football team. The Pirates are going to have to bring their A game, going to have to play really, really well, going to have to get that crowd behind them and uh, hang in there. And, you know, the pressure is really going to be on North Carolina State. If the Pirates can hang in there and get the game into the fourth quarter, with it up in the air, then I give the Pirates a fighting chance in this one. Jeff Charles joining us. He'll be on the call coming up on Saturday. He'll be with you coming up Friday at noon on the UBE Pirate Preview, another year of the UBE Pirate Preview voice. Looking forward to that on Friday. Yeah, me too. Uh, Carlester Crumpler Sr. will be one of our guests, and we like to have Crump on once a year, and he always has great stories. We always like to get an update on the Crumpler family and how all the guys uh, in the family are doing, and along with uh, Crump's son, who's having a great year at D.H. Conley, Isaiah, and his daughter, Ariana, is a track athlete at ECU. We always talk about the incredible legacy of the Crumpler family as far as athletics uh, are concerned, so we'll talk about that and get Crump's thoughts on the Pirates uh, for this year. And Andrew Bays is also going to join us, and Pirate fans will remember Andrew. He's an ECU Hall of Famer as a punter for the Pirates, and Andrew is going to join us this year, Clip, on our radio broadcast, our network broadcast. Uh, Kevin Monroe is going to work the home games this year, and Andrew is going to work the road games for us this year. And so we'll visit with Andrew, uh, get uh, caught up with him as well, and a couple of the uh, coordinators will be with us, of course. Donnie Kirkpatrick will uh, join us, and also Blake Harrell will join us. We'll also have a visit with Holt Naylor's. So, yeah, we've got a lot coming up uh, Friday at noon at UBE. This will be our 35th year of UBE Pirate Preview Shows. We had to take a little bit of a hiatus there from doing the show at UBE, you know, during the pandemic. But, boy, it's been great to be back down there. Great to see so many Pirate fans. So, if you're in the neighborhood on Friday at 12 noon, come by and see us. It'll be back coming up this Friday, the UB Pirate Preview with the voice Jeff Charles and what a cast of characters there for the guest list. And you said it, Jeff. I was going to ask how aware of you uh, of Isaiah Crumpler and saw some highlights from Friday night. D.H. Conley 2-0 and and Isaiah, uh, the the uh, just another Crumpler in a long line of outstanding athletic Crumplers uh, getting the job done there at Conley this year. That's been fun to see so far. You know, it is amazing. Every time I turn on the game, and of course I listen to the games uh, on Pirate Radio D.H. Conley, and every time I turn the game on, it's like Isaiah Crumper has just done something. I remember last year I flipped the game on and he just got a touchdown pass, and then this year in one of these two games I turned the game on and he delivered a big hit and got a fumble recovery. So he's playing both ways. He's really a talented kid, and when I talk to his dad, 
He says his work ethic is through the roof. He really wants to be great, and he's got a lot of natural ability and talent. So it'll be fun watching the next Crumpler come along. No doubt about it. Jeff Charles joining us. Jeff, uh, as we got a look at the depth chart on Tuesday, Pirates fully stocked, ready to go for NC State. A couple of omissions. Josiah Hatfield not going to play in the season opener against NC State. And I've heard Rick DeBrew has been running scout team and, you know, not on the depth chart and, and not sure exactly what's going on there. But it looks like East Carolina will have to call on their uh, veteran and deep uh, defensive line. Maybe not veteran, but certainly deep defensive line a lot of guys have gotten a lot of snaps there uh but a, a very uh talented group ready to get out there on the field might be without i guess uh, rick debrew for the season opener yeah i noticed the same thing clip on the two deep i'm not sure what that is all about the other thing i noticed on the two deep is that mckay pop mckay who was the third string guy last year backing up raji harris and keaton mitchell he was not listed either uh and of course there were two other running backs uh two newcomers into the program have been listed Behind those two, you never have enough running backs because guys go down. So uh, that was a, a little bit of a surprise as well. You know, there was a lot of competition in camp for some of these spots, and it's only been within the last week or so they've decided on some of these positions. So, yeah, it's always fun to get that too deep, you know, to begin the season and, and see who is on there. And, of course, it'll change with the injuries and with performance as the season goes by, but I know it's one thing that – fans always look forward to getting just to see who's in the starting lineup and who the backups are and at that receiver position can't wait to see that fleet uh that holt nailers has to work with this year with of course cj johnson returning but jalen johnson isaiah winstead i know uh high expectations for him ryan jones don't forget about shane calhoun and uh just a, a lot of weapons out there for holt nailers and one ball to go around between all those guys and uh you know rajay and keaton so interested to see how donnie kirkpatrick and holt nailers work this offense this year jeff you, you've got Certainly got the weapons. To, can you get it to them? Can you you figure out what the defense is doing and and take what they give you? I'm I'm fascinated to see how that turns out. Not just on Saturday against a very tough defense, but but moving forward uh, in this 2022 season. Yeah, I am too. Clip and Holt Nailers will have his 38th start coming up on Saturday, and my goodness, he has rewritten the record books at ECU. And I think a really interesting part of this depth chart and a really interesting part of what's gone on in preseason camp is that C.J. Johnson has been moved now to an inside receiver position, which I think is really interesting. We all know C.J. has a big body, and I think he can really provide some matchup problems from that position. And in talking with Coach Houston and the Pirate coaches, they talk about how great his attitude has been all through the spring and the summer. So hopefully C.J. can get back to where he was as a freshman and, and be that productive. And I think it's going to be really interesting to watch him in that position. Then you mentioned the other guy. Johnson didn't play a whole lot at Georgia. Uh, now, Winstead did play a lot at Toledo. It was a key performer for the Toledo Rockets. Had a couple of really good years there. But, you know, he's a kid basically from our neck of the woods. He's from Richmond and went to Norfolk State and then transferred to Toledo. So he's a little bit more back home. But I'm interested to see him as well. I think he's kind of an audio out there. I'm looking forward to watching him and some of the other young receivers, you know, Cliff, the guy that they always talk about that we just haven't seen burst onto the scene yet that I think will probably happen hopefully this year is the little guy, Kerry King from Highland Springs, mm -hmm. Virginia. And every time I talk with Coach Houston, he says, I think he's the fastest guy on the team. And that's saying a lot because there are a lot of fast guys out there. So if they can uh, get him 
ready to go, primed up and ready to go, and he learns the offense, and he becomes a confident kid. If they can get the ball in his hands, uh, there not might be a whole lot of people are going to be able to catch him. So I'm hoping that he can come on and have a good year this year too. Jeff Charles joining us. Looking forward to East Carolina football Bud Light pregame tailgate coming up on Saturday at 8 a.m. Jeff Charles will uh, be a part of that program. We're with you after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show on into the uh, afternoon and early evening until the last caller is served. So we're fired up for another game day coming up on Saturday. We got the Pirate Radio football kickoff party going on Thursday night. Voice, you uh, going to be able to join us for that? Oh, absolutely. Look forward to it each and every year. Uh, we've been to uh, both of them, uh, all of them, I should say. And, and uh, my wife, Debbie, and yours truly will be there. And, again, I want to thank Pirate Radio. We'll do it publicly tomorrow night, but uh, they have been so gracious, Troy and Jonathan and the management and ownership of the radio station. They've been a big supporter of the Heather Ann Pertee Memorial Nursing School Scholarship, and I know they're going to present a nice gift to us uh, again tomorrow, which we – just greatly, greatly appreciate. We can't even put into words what this means to us, Clip. And so, yes, uh, we wouldn't miss it for the world. And we want to see all of the great Pirate fans out there, which I know we will. It's just amazing how many hundreds of Pirate fans come to the Pirate Radio kickoff party. It is quite a party, so uh, make sure you're there with us tomorrow night. Can't wait for that, and uh, we're looking forward to Saturday football, Jeff. But, man, a lot of games between now and that full slate on Saturday, including the Backyard Brawl coming up 7 o'clock Thursday on ESPN. West Virginia taking on Pittsburgh on Fox tomorrow night. Penn State is at Purdue. And then Friday, really looking forward to seeing Virginia Tech and Old Dominion. Can the Monarchs... uh, Maybe pull off the upset against the Hokies. That's coming up Friday night. Temples at Duke, Illinois at Indiana, TCU at Colorado. So even before we get to Saturday, Jeff, we got some some pretty good games, some conference games already this early in the season. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'll be home Friday night, of course, Clip, so I'm really going to tune into that Old Dominion and uh, Virginia Tech game because the Pirates have ODU next week. So get a good chance to get a scouting report uh, on the Monarchs, and this will be Brent Pry's first game as the head coach at Virginia Tech, and so everything's new with the Hokies. I know there are a lot of Virginia Tech fans in the Tidewater area. I don't know how many tickets they got, but I can guarantee you they snapped them up very, very quickly. And Old Dominion, remember, they had those great sellout crowds for years, and then things started to wane there just a little bit. But I'm sure that's going to be a packed house. I don't know if ODU can hang with them or not, but we'll find out. I would think that they have a chance because everything is new with Virginia Tech. So, so we'll see. And that's an Old Dominion team. As I know you talked about this summer clip that finished strong last year. So yeah. that's going to be a big game. There'll be a lot of interest in that game, again, because there are a lot of Hokies in Tidewater. And uh, so, you know, the newspapers have covered that game this week, I know, and looking at the Virginian pilot. Uh, that, that's a big game uh, in that part of the country. So that's, uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Jeff Charles joining us, The Voice. You can uh, check him out Friday at noon on the UBE Pirate Preview. It's back for another year and uh, a lot of great guests coming up on that show. We'll talk to Jeff on Saturday as well on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. And uh, Jeff, great to be back in football season. I know it's busy. You're headed to the beach tonight. You're partying tomorrow night. Got a game on Saturday. So uh, full systems go for The Voice, I guess, right? Yeah, it really is, Cliff, but again, uh, we like to stay busy, and uh, this is our favorite time of year, and it's great to get out and see so many Pirate fans like we're going to have the opportunity to do tonight and have the opportunity to to see a lot of Pirate fans on Saturday. We will be broadcasting Saturday from a tenth this year for our network pregame show, 
between Minji's Coliseum and, and the football stadium. So that's kind of a, a new wrinkle. So we'll have a chance to see even more Pirate fans on Saturday. And, Clip, I communicated today with Ruffin McNeil, former head coach uh, of the Pirates. And, and this is going to be a big, big day for Ruff on, on Saturday. And he has mixed emotions uh, coming back uh, to Greenville. I mean, it's going to be an emotional time for him. And uh, I hope people, uh, you know, just kind of think about Ruff a little bit on Saturday and a little bit of what he's going through because, I mean, he is a pirate through and through, and he's coming back to the stadium, which he played and which he coached, and and uh, now he's on the enemy sideline, if you will, at North Carolina State. But for him and his wife, Erlene, who's just a wonderful lady, it's going to be an emotional day for them. And I'm, I'm hoping that I can cross paths with Ruff sometime on Saturday and uh it's going to be a big day with him back in town. No doubt about it, Jeff. Uh, certainly uh, going to be uh, an emotional day to see uh, Ruff back here and, and everything that comes with that. Jeff Charles joining us today on the Pit Electric Live Line. Jeff, uh, appreciate the chat today. Always enjoy it. And, uh, man, can't wait to hear from you Friday. And uh, we'll talk to you Saturday as well. Sounds great, Cliff. We're ready for Pirate football. Always enjoy the visit. Have a good one. There is the voice. A lot more voice coming up this week on Pirate Radio. Friday on the UBE Pirate Preview, and then Hour 1 of our Bud Light pregame tailgate, 8 a.m. Saturday morning. By the way, we've got another special guest joining us Saturday morning on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. How about AEW wrestler uh, Brock Anderson going to join us in studio, plan to join us Saturday at 9 a.m. So a little wrestling and football. Maybe we can find a uh, state grad to come in and wrestle him before the game. Dude, it's just like college game day. They always have a celebrity pick him. Yeah, he's our guest picker. He's our, he's our guest picker for Saturday. <laughs> and uh, that's awesome, man. Can't wait to see him coming up on Saturday. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. Patrick Mason set to join us. And, uh, yeah, more football talk because it is game week, and we are fired up, ready to go for East Carolina and NC State. We'll get the official prediction from Patrick Mason. We got Bryce Williams from yesterday. 28-20, Pirates over Pack. See what Patrick has to say. Stephen Igo joins us in Hour 3 of today's show. A lot more to go. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. And uh, for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. We'll have full coverage of uh, the coordinators uh, in terms of uh, the interviews coming up a little bit, if any, for sure. And uh, you can uh, join the over 58,000 followers today. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip. <laughs> Good work, Shirley. The old in terms of. In terms of. It gets us every time. Every time. All right. Looking forward to uh, hearing what Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell have to say one more time. And then I'm done. Then I want to watch a football game. We have talked about this one enough. So let's talk about it some more with Patrick Mason uh, from the Daily Reflector who joins us. Looking like he's ready to coach the Chicago Bears. (laughs) How you doing, Patrick? Doing pretty good. He might need to. (laughs) Hey, easy. I don't know. Easy. 
uh we were talking about survivor we're going to do a survivor pool and troy is part of our team this is pretty high stakes patrick so we gotta you know we gotta pick it straight up but uh i'm liking niners over bears week one but troy d the bears fan is already saying well you new coach new you never know so uh it'll probably talk us out of that one but uh anyway very i don't know if there's any way to talk talk me out of that one (laughs) uh do you have a ditka sweater i do not no 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 you're uh any family members um, is that a thing like, I feel maybe like if, I, if i was a bears fan i probably own a ditka sweater i feel like or might, is that like too cliche yeah you know like those like old saturday night live you know bear yeah. skits like maybe some of those sweaters might be laying around somewhere but yeah or they had the big coats yeah i yeah. feel like this goes against all bears fans but like that they last one in 1985 so like i'm just so over that like we gotta look to the future a little bit you know Everyone's okay so dicka but yeah, so, uh, <laughs> a little too dicky for you a little bit all right uh patrick uh we forgot to do this during the off season so now we have to push it all the way back to uh january or february uh but we're gonna look back at your old tweets but chandler did notify me of some tweets from this week from patrick mason just probably just a few we go back a few days ago i'm worried about you dude <laughs> august 29th it says it's monday august 29th this is the day that i declare the white Sox dead what a truly <laughs> terrible baseball team top to bottom they are just they're trying their their hardest to ruin my summer for me i was there must gotta be the most disappointing team in baseball yeah and there's so, another one so frustrating there was one more right i think so yeah oh oh it's a gif uh a gif of steve harvey saying it's a wrap <laughs> looking at you at white Sox. he tagged him this time yeah yeah um that was after another loss to the Royals, who have now won the season series against the White Sox. Oof. I mean, the Royals. Come yeah. on, man. I love tagging like my favorite team, like Washington, knowing that <laughs> either gonna nobody's going to see it or there's like a poor intern having to go through all the tweets. Oh, yeah. It's definitely like anyone who has any sort of decision-making power from the White Sox will not even see this tweet. But it's just a good therapy. It's like the anger management rage room. You yeah, just get kinda, it all out. Yeah, just yelling into the void, you know? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, good news, Patrick. You'll have football to uh, be disappointed about soon. Um, (laughs) But hopefully uh, you'll have a fun season covering East Carolina football. And you don't care if they win or lose, but probably be more fun if they win, right? Like, more to talk about. For sure. Uh, Players and coaches, a lot easier to talk to when they win. Yes. So you got that aspect of it. Uh, Will they win on Saturday? How about this uh, NC State team? Uh, How are you feeling about the uh, the matchup, Pirates and Pack? Uh, I mean, every everything you've heard about NC State is you know it's one of the best teams they've had in a long time. Um, I guess I guess if you're going to go for predictions, I'm probably going to say NC State will win, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than a lot of people are thinking. What are a lot of people thinking? I, I just heard a lot of the talk from it. I know it's like NC State fans, but even some national guys just saying that NC State's just you know they're going to roll. They got a lot coming back. Good defense, great quarterback. Um, <laughs> well, well, some, everything okay in there? Is going on in there. So Shirley had one of her pecking episodes. We have that mic button just can still go to hell. Uh, and Shirley, how many pecks did you have at it last time? Oh, uh, well, look, I, at least, I, I swear, I think it was at least over sixty. He was. It was, he bad. was struggling. He got so tired of pecking at it. It was starting to hurt stopped. my finger. 
So then I took over. And then we were like taking, like we were taking turns. I would do like 15. She would do 15. So Patrick's giving his analysis, and all you hear in the background is tapping. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry about that. We're sorry. No, no. We're just trying to turn the microphone off, and it's just not working. Yeah. And then Shirley would finally like just put the pot down. So So then you had it down, and then there was just a massive celebration, which we heard coming into this room. (laughs) Because we had finally turned it off. All right, well, uh, turn it back off, Shirley. Let's see what happens. One shot, one hitter, quitter. <laughs> Way to go. All right, Patrick. Uh, if East Carolina wins this game, what has to go right? What's a recipe for a Pirate victory on Saturday? So I've been thinking about this a little bit. I think they have to control the ball. Um, I mean, it's, it seems simple, but if you just kind of get that running game, go, running game going, um, I think that'll help a ton. Because you don't really necessarily want to rely too much on just passing the ball and getting you know three and outs really quick and giving this NC State offense time to time to work. So I think if you can control the ball, which I mean, probably what one of the better strengths or biggest strengths of this ECU team is its running game. Um, We're gonna find out early, right? Like I don't yeah. see Mike Houston coming out and just going up tempo shotgun, slinging it around eight plays on the first drive. They're gonna do what they do, and that is get Keaton and Rajay the ball and. Try to get them five, six, four yards here. Uh, you know, get close on third down, convert those. And I think we're going to find out early can ECU establish the run uh, against NC State? Yeah, this will be a good test early on just for that offensive line, too, to see how they mesh together. Because, you know, like you said, you really are going to have to run the, run the ball and just kind of work some drives together. You know, I don't think you're going to see all these shots right away. I mean, you might, but, um, you know, this will be a, definitely a good test for them. The perhaps biggest test of the year. I think BYU is going to be really good. Cincinnati is going to be good defensively, even though they lost a lot. But, you know, this is probably the biggest test defensively ECU will face this year. Not sure about offensively yet, but how about on that side of the ball? Uh, how about East Carolina? If they're to win, what do they have to do uh, defensively on Saturday? Uh, it's kind of interesting. So, Devin Leary, he just doesn't really make that many mistakes. You know, I think it's all over the place you know 35 touchdowns five picks um so i'm, I'm kind of curious how you deal with that like do you send some pressure do you drop some different things to get them moving out of the pocket or do you just kind of try to take away some passing windows like it'll be interesting to see how they play them but i, I think you got to do something to kind of get him out of his comfort zone if you can i would say blake harrell's mo is not being passive he, he's pretty aggressive <laughs> he's bringing blitzes so you know it can bite you but i think uh i think we're going to see plenty of pressure at least attempted pressure on devin leary saturday yeah that'll be something to ask uh harold about later today but you know i'm just imagining just this whole preseason camp like can't you just picture him just kind of drawing up some fun blitzes and sure it it being game one you know there's really no tape on anything so you can kind of you know throw some surprises here and there and we're gonna have like eight guys on the line and then ball snapped everybody drops back like i could see because it really does sound like talking to miles berry talking to xavier smith they have added even more to this defense and with the veterans you have on that side of the ball it's a lot easier to get that in instead of working with a bunch of new guys for sure and i think a lot of the um a good thing for that defense is a lot of players have played some different positions so like you said if they are kind of close to the line they're you know if you're a former linebacker or something playing safety like you kind of have you know where to be you know what kind of keys to read too uh how many total points in this game the total has dropped from 55 and a half to 51 and a half so what kind of game were you expecting patrick you know i guess that that's probably sounds right i think i was guessing a score of probably around maybe 31 24 something like that um so i guess that's what Put another 54 okay yeah. um right. but yeah i got you know i guess it's so weird especially early on just offenses even if you're great it takes sometimes it takes a little bit of time to actually score some points and put things together 
let's see app state last year do you remember the final one that one chandler i'll uh, i'll look it up but east carolina got that early score from keaton mitchell and then struggled to score app state as the game went on was able to run on the pirates i want to say it was like 34 to 9 um, was it that bad of a margin i mean it was i don't think pirates were even close 34 13 33 19 pirates got uh 10 in the fourth to make it close so yeah um, oh a late ryan jones touchdown we were introduced to ryan jones at the end of that uh, end of that game there you go i mean really like this is sort of a exact game you're trying to avoid this week i think you know you can't just give up so many points early and try to catch up yeah pirates need to play from ahead uh let's take a break we'll come back more with patrick mason more east carolina nc state also we'll look around week one of college football man it's awesome that it's here we'll talk about it when we return after this Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93-ethanol-free high-octane gas, which is the best for boat owners. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, looking forward to a busy game day Saturday. We'll be with you 8 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Taking you right up to kickoff, Patrick Mason will be a part of that program. We'll also uh, talk to you after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, as that show will not end until the last caller is served. So great to be back with another year of our full game day coverage here at Pirate Radio. We'll kick things off coming up Thursday night at the Pirate Radio kickoff party uh, right down the road uh, across the street at the State Theater. Break, uh, Breakfast Club will be performing. We'll have a Clydesdale out there uh you can take a picture with and get up close and personal with a clydesdale so that would be pretty cool so i uh, will be partying on thursday night and then friday uh freeboot friday uncle cracker will be here you know, hey, uncle cracker guy all right yeah i, I like a couple songs okay huh? patrick mason uncle cracker guy yeah. who knows? <laughs> all right it's uh, a wild name but yeah well, <laughs> it stands the test of time. He went uncle early, so now it kind of fits, right, right? That he's older. A lot of people go Lil or Kid or something. He That's right. Uncle, right. Way too rip. many Lils out there, man. <laughs> there are. I mean, look, I come from the school of Lil Kim, <laughs> somewhat Lil John, and that's kind of pushing it. But like Lil Clip, Lil Uncle Clip. I actually, oh, no. well, go by Lil Clip uh, to my grandma. I still calls hey, me that. There you go. And I'm, I'm not a little fella anymore. <laughs> All right, Patrick, your uh, who your Iowa Hawkeyes begin the season with? Um, you know, I honestly forgot. Wow. <laughs> so you don't care? No, I'm, I'm sort of loosely following them. I'm just definitely more in ECU mode, probably more than how know, about that any other year. It's it's weird, you know, but I, it's just odd not not being hooked into Iowa so much. Where they got South Dakota State, Fox Sports one at noon, so you won't even be able to watch it. So nope. you can just keep an eye on the scoreboard uh big one in the big 10 notre dame and ohio state they're uh i say they 
talking about Ohio State having a historically high-powered offense this year. You know what's weird about it's two top five teams, right? Isn't Notre Dame five? Yeah, but the spread is something insane. And I love Ohio State to crush them. Yeah, it's just wild that there's such a disparity between two and five that it's like yep. it's like thirty points, twenty points, whatever that spread is. It's, and it's really, insane. we'll see what Georgia is. Probably not fair to downgrade Georgia before the season starts, but. To me, it feels like Alabama versus Ohio State. Go ahead and get it ready for the championship. That sounds about right. Uh, Georgia has Oregon coming up 3.30 on Saturday, so that's a, that's a, a big game. Uh, other big ones on Saturday, Utah uh, will travel to the Swamp to take on Florida. So that's a, uh, that's a pretty good matchup there. Houston at UTSA, sneaky one to watch. And Cincinnati, another American team at Arkansas. That's 3.30 on Saturday as well. So uh, you got some good games. North Carolina, App State, local interest. Yeah. Doesn't ODU play at, was it Virginia something? That is Friday Friday night. It'll be ODU hosting Virginia Tech. That'd be interesting to keep an eye on too. Steven Igo, Hoist the Color, seems very interested as we go down the slate of football games. He'll join (laughs) us coming up at 5 o'clock. So uh, what you got, Chan, man? I got some breaking news i believe it is regarding patrick mason's white Sox. okay uh tony larusa tony larusa out indefinitely as he sees a heart specialist <laughs> interesting I, i'm sorry i chuckled at that i mean that's sad but i thought it was going to be fired <laughs> but not just he'll be back tony larusa out indefinitely <laughs> as he sees a heart specialist could I mean, this he is be like 77 78 he is old yes he is 77 yes could this be what they need to turn it around (laughs) rally around la russa or in spite of la russa yes it's probably the latter in that that terms yeah where are interesting i don't i don't know so the white Sox right now yeah okay they're they're done yeah you weren't lying no they're (laughs) (laughs) they're done done all right uh so patrick you were here to see what the last game of the season cincinnati yeah which was i I didn't go uh but i i remember leaving the station after the uh pregame show and listening to it and the crowd sounded like so locked in that first drive i think cincinnati missed the field goal and it wasn't a huge crowd numbers wise but it sounded like a, a pretty good electric atmosphere out there at daddy ficklin stadium so you were able to witness that uh but this one is going to be something completely different and uh and man i'm excited for it yeah i am too and you know i guess drawing on some of the similarities of that cincinnati game to nc state it's not i mean that literally the whole team that's all they talked about all week was that they believed they were going to beat cincinnati you know they just had this yeah. sort of confidence about them and i sort of had that that sense going into this year this game i mean they're the team just outwardly is very confident and you know they certainly have the belief that they're going to win and i just think that's kind of a it's just kind of neat that that rolls over from season to season yeah i mean really across the board i mean xavier smith we put out one of his quotes this week they got picked up by state fans and everybody went nuts about uh that really wasn't that big of a deal but uh you're right like across the board these guys seem super confident and whole nailers would never give the opposing team you know bulletin board material but at the same time he has uh been very confident about his guys yeah and i think that's really what it just is it's not really you know talking smack it's just saying you know i'm, I'm confident in what my abilities and you know i think they all are i think that's really all it really is all right let's uh let's let's see what kind of game we're gonna have on saturday who is the lead the pirate leading receiver on saturday um 
maybe CJ Johnson, just kind of both with some familiarity and just kind of the position he's playing inside. Um, that'd maybe be my guess. Um, so I, what I is he, he going to look like inside? I, it, none of we're going to see any of those explosion plays, or is he like a possession guy now? <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I honestly don't know. Um, I, I just think with his size inside, he can create some interesting matchups. Even if it's just running five, six yards for like a little spot route, just getting the ball and doing something with it. Um, but you know, he's really fast. Maybe he does some stuff up the seam. You know, I, I think there's a lot of options for him in there. Uh, sorry to interrupt, Patrick, but I got are you into you in for a uh, Bo Bats joke here, Chandler. Is now a good time? All right, he says bring it on. Uh, Bo Bats has breaking news. Legendary long snapper Chandler Bing has been released by the Lingerie Football League. I guess Bo's bored. What is he? I guess Bo's bored today. Thank you, Bo, for that submission. Oh, Bo, I swear. You can't take him what nowhere. A can't take Bo nowhere, you know? I can't help but just take the jokes from Bo. They're so hilarious. Yeah, he's uh, he's something else. All right, Patrick, back to football. <laughs> Uh, what does the rushing distribution look like on Saturday? What is the ratio between Keaton and Raja? I bet it's probably... Okay, so I I was thinking it might be down the middle, but I think it's interesting that Keaton's going to be doing some kickoff returns too. So I guess it'll be interesting to see just how fresh he stays as the game goes on, if he's going to bring some kicks back. Does he play the first play of the series, or does Raja get it and then Keaton comes in? Like... The worst thing about Keaton having a long return, if he has a 70-yard return, you just put in Rajay. Right. Yeah, I mean, problem solved. For sure. And I think that's part of the reason why they were comfortable sending Mitchell back there. Um, but it'll just be something to watch and monitor. You know, if he can handle that, then, you know, why why not? So did you answer my question? Yeah, I, I said it'll probably be right down the middle. I, I, bet it's, I bet it's similar. All right, so last year, it was about as close to 50-50 as you can get. I'm pulling up the numbers here. It's like uh, 170, 160, something like that. Does that sound right? Uh, it does, and it would sound even better if I could find the stats, which I can't at the moment. So we'll have to go off of your uh, your memory there, Patrick. How confident, confident are you in those numbers? Fairly confident. <laughs> uh, here we go. I'm getting there. So Keaton Mitchell had 107. What were your numbers? I said 170 and 160. Look at this guy. Look at this freaking guy. 174 for Mitchell, 165 for Rajay Harris. So close. You should have been very confident in those numbers. <laughs> uh, Holton Ehlers, how many uh, well, how many passing attempts do you want to see Holton have in this game? In this game? Um, <laughs> 30? Uh, yeah, because you start to get, uh, Stephen Igo says zero, all <laughs> triple option. You get to a certain number, it means you're behind or the run isn't working, and I think you're right. If you get to that 40 number, once you start to get to 50, it's really bad. You're in trouble. So, yeah, if we could see like a 22 for 30. Right. And that, like you said, that number is very dependent on what else goes right for you, too. Yeah. Um, But I I like that spot for him. All right. Who, uh, who, uh, how about sacks? How do you feel about sacks in general? I like them. Okay, good. <laughs> it's, it's fun to chase the guy around. Good to hear. Who uh, who has the most sacks for the Pirates? Who like what? What position? I guess I'm still kind of learning this defense. I'm kind of curious where like a lot of this pressure kind of comes. Jeremy from. Lewis is the guy rushing in from the outside, but we I'm... could see some. Uh, I heard an, an uh, interview with Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, talking to Jaira Wilson, and I believe did Jaira say he did he never had a sack like his entire career until 
what last year i guess or whenever he moved to that uh position where he's able to to blitz because he's always been a safety he's always been a db so uh you could see it from that stringer gyra position you could see it obviously uh middle linebacker d line but jeremy lewis his main job is going to be to go get that quarterback i guess yeah <laughs> and that's the thing you just gotta gotta figure out how this all works and meshes together give me an elijah morris pancake sack <laughs> or rick debrew he's pretty rocked up i'm saying elijah morris it's not going to be rick debrew and we'll talk about why with Igo, but uh we could talk about it with patrick mason now rick debrew not on the depth chart this week saw that oh i guess we'll have to see what's up <laughs> let's see what's up maybe steven will have some answers for us coming up in hour three that. yeah so it will, you got a, another option there chan man emmanuel hickman uh okay you should have kept naming guys that aren't playing this week <laughs> i'm gonna go with tank robinson who uh, i'm was, gonna go with josh smith all right josh smith 12 years removed gonna lead the team in sacks this year all right uh so that is uh just a few numbers there man i'm excited to see keith mitchell returning kicks it'll be exciting because he has that speed where he can just find just a little bit of sliver and you don't need much do not need much for him to go although i was talking with somebody and they said that every time there's a long kick return what do you see a flag a flag (laughs) that's football blocking the back there's a flag holding and some guy is going to be too excited nudge a guy like right here on the side kind of in the back kind of in the shoulder 20 yards behind keaton play it didn't even matter to the play at all and it's going to be flagged yeah i'll tell you what though uh mike houston has talked about special teams all all preseason yeah that's been a huge focus of them so i guess you know that's probably i'm sure they addressed that too and they're they're putting their best players out there right for special teams kick return kickoff uh defense and and i don't know any concerns john young gone uh luke larson punting and then owen daffer back for another year how do you i mean what's your confidence level in those guys i think owen's fine i mean i punting is it's very far from my uh, consciousness really i mean if if you're punting all the time you're, you're probably not that great anyway you're saying you don't uh when you're falling asleep at night think about punting and punters <laughs> it actually might help me sleep but uh i i just think it's not really an issue like i just think you know whoever's back there's just going to do a fine job I feel like I'm, I'm really not worried about punting i feel like todd sauerbrunn was a bears punter does that sound right it's it's possible i think uh, i think that sounds right <laughs> my, my punter knowledge is i don't i don't retain it that well not a big not a big punt how about how does that make you feel chandler not liking it right For, now. former special team guru over here Charlie, do we have the media day recap yes i'd love to hear that real quick if we do <laughs> we, we hadn't no. played it all week year, i'm a former long snapper so i love talking about this position i'm a former specialist myself i used to long snap all right i'm gonna talk about my favorite part of football special teams How's are that? you t- that's as truth you mean that i'm that's a former truth long oh shoot okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my! The best is the response. I yeah. listen every time. And then you got this a clown up here that saying, can "Fall asleep." Punters don't matter. I, I just think it's gonna Disgusting. be fine. Like I, I just don't think that's like, oh man, like if only we had a, a punter, you know, that could kick it ten more yards. I, I think there's way more things that are you know top of mind than that. Okay. Well, we still, uh, so what I'm, what I'm saying is, I think special teams will be fine. Owen's back for another year. Um, he made some big kicks. Obviously, you know, he can work on accuracy and stuff. And, you know, if that improves, then they'll be fine. Well, when Luke Larson shanks one on Saturday, I know what conversation we're going to go back to next week on the show. It's going to be <laughs> this one right here. Yeah. Well, I wonder if we'll see rugby say, punts if, with him, though. If, yeah. I don't know. If punting is the issue, then you can come after me all you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I 
believe i asked Igo about that last week says larson's comfortable doing both or has done both have you been out there to see any punting you probably haven't patrick because once they're out there you just totally ignore it and turn your back <laughs> even if right. he looks yeah, out and he just starts to doze off i curl up in a ball and take a quick nap <laughs> you should have seen <laughs> it's gonna be fourth down and like he's gonna be in the press box he's gonna be up in the town bake tower on saturday literally go all right guys wake me up in about t- 20 seconds no, yeah, yeah he sets his alarm for one minute yeah just a quick power nap through the special teams you know <laughs> I, I it was very disrespectful on media day the way you treated luke larson just kept walking by him like you wouldn't look at him oh he i, I saw patrick he literally walked by uh by luke and he went this guy and then just walked off I was like, why do they have an empty table here they could have used it for somebody oh wow you don't even see punters they're no. just empty spaces all right patrick thanks for hanging out yeah thanks <laughs> we'll talk to you more on uh saturday that's right i'll have more great questions for you to answer oh so you have proposed him a spot on i the- proposed to him uh yeah during the break oh sweet and he accepted he said yes he said yes i believe he's gonna join us via telephone no punting questions though is that i got you yeah. i promise no punting questions <laughs> we'll talk to patrick mason in the nine o'clock hour coming up saturday on the bud light pregame tailgate all right let's take a break we'll come back steven i go hoist the colors guess what i forgot to uh write down games for us to pick so i have to do that live on the air <laughs> because uh, that is something that we do each and every year. Got to bring that back again this year. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go after these words. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with kinetic physical therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, the kinetic physical therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical, occupational, speech, and massage therapy all in a state-of-the-art facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit kineticptgreenville.com for more information. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Shirley, hit the uh, I Go intro song and let's get that out of the way here. I Go on a Wednesday because I, I Go, go. I just got to leave early, but we got to get this song in. So I go, I go. He's the one you know. You know him. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. He's Big Boomer's bro. I can't believe people are still interacting with Big Boomer. I go, I go, I go, I go. He's good at MLB the show. That he is. I go, tough, Jeff. I go, I go, I go, I go. Where did Chandler go? Dude, really? Where are you, CJ? I, I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. I'm sitting right here, bro. Literally right here. Yep, he's right over there. Right here. I go, I go, I go, I go. It is game week. I go. We got a lot this of song continues to grow. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I go. 
I go, I go, I go. How do you feel about I go. Brewers jerseys? Can we just get back to the show? We'll get Those Brewers jerseys? Yeah. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. Huh? You like them? Yeah. We got two minutes, guys. These, no, these pirate jerseys are amazing. I, go, I love I the patch on the sleeve I of the pirate jerseys. Dave Doran lost to Coach Mo. Yes, he did. People forget that. Yep. Scotty Mo. Do we I call go, Coach Mo this week I and get go. some tips? Ho, ho, ho. I got some. I got something to say about Dave Doran. What's for I go. I go. I go. Christmas right around the corner. I go. We should have Corey Glore saying hello, and we did. Who's two? <laughs> no spoiler. I go. I go, Who's I go, I go, this week? I go. Here it is. Hello. Ah, classic. Tulane has UMass. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. This one's this in slow-mo. in slow-mo. I forgot to speed up the whole song. Damn it. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. One more minute. Sebastian He's back in studio. There he is. He's here. He's right there. I go. I go. I go. I go. I go. CJ, you're up. I'll take Hunter Renfro. I didn't take him on any team this year. I go. 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 Oh, I stubbed my toe. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. I'll just do this week's live on the show. Nice. All right. I go, I go, I go. I, well. I forgot well to do done. one, so I had to do that one this week. Nice improv. Live on the show. Steven, you said you wanted to say something about Dave Doran. All right. How many games has NC State played in Greenville, North Carolina previously? Ever? Uh, so it was four? nine. Oh yeah, four. three and one. Yeah. Dave Dorn earlier this week quote: "We are one and four in Greenville. Arrgh. They are one and three. Okay. So is he an idiot in the future? Ooh. <gasps> is oh he already God. accepting defeat? <laughs> oh boy! He is calling no it wonder he was L. so upset on the Brian Bailey show on Monday. He knows what's going to happen. He was so bummed out, and that's why. Steven, you have just cracked the code. I mean, you're a code cracker. When he's, <laughs> when I've heard of Uncle Cracker. <laughs> have you heard a code cracker? Code cracker, code would be a cracker. sick like musical artist name. <laughs> Much better than Uncle Cracker. <laughs> Look, he might be in town listening right now. Are you going to disrespect Uncle Cracker? Look, if Uncle Cracker's listening, he can come in. What if he's calling in right now? If that's, Stop disrespecting me, bro. If that's Uncle Cracker, put him on. Uh, interesting tidbit there, Stephen. Interesting. Did not, it, just, uh, it just dawned upon me as I was writing. So earlier this week, I actually used this quote in a tweet and said, you know, we're, uh, it's a stadium that NC State has not played well to in as as a program we are one and four in greenville so i tweeted that out and then as i was doing my series history recap today i noted that east carolina has only hosted nc state in greenville four times hmm. with that only loss being to the great daniel evans hmm. back wow. in 07 I remember that three one. touchdowns for the kid 
and that was a beautiful day too ecu wax nc state in 99 with david garrard i think it was 23 to 6 you had the 07 loss and then you had 2010 and 2016 victories it's kind of crazy that nc state and ecu have met 31 times 24 have taken place in raleigh three at neutral sites and four in greenville ecu is oh i was at one big time loss at a neutral site but i think they won the other two right Yep, two, two and, and one, one neutral three and one at home so five and two not in raleigh which i mean you look at the overall series ecu trails 18 to 13 but considering that 24 of the 31 games have been in raleigh i mean that's a pretty strong showing yeah well clip has a trend to consider on just this football season alone that's right, Chandler. I already know what he's going to say about purple. Oh, you heard it? Yeah. God dang it. Way to really no-sell that, Steven. Wow. I mean, I was all like hyped up about your thing. You could have at least pretended, but shows what kind of person you are. Mike is asking, can I go help describe what a Friday night football game at ODU is like? I think this is a reference to a like a Wednesday, <laughs> a afternoon, Wednesday afternoon baseball game. Yeah. I used to make that joke all the time that ODU got really good at baseball, and, and the, the rumor going around – uh norfolk has actually took that clip and played it all throughout the speakers uh in their baseball facility that that off season yeah and then have since turned around their program and now they're taking xavier smith's cut from earlier this week and playing that at odu for some reason for yeah. next week odu just looking for that that uh whatever edge. angle they can get i thought you were gonna say edge that edge which is coming back by the way now, I don't know about on this program. We don't have enough time, but it is coming well, back on, on <laughs> Um By the way, Xavier Smith quote, like, I get it, but, like, I, I taken out of context, I can understand why people are maybe, I don't know, take exception to it, but if you listen to his whole quote, I don't find a real problem with it. Was he supposed to be scared of the team? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he just said, look, he respects them. but as Respectfully. But as a competitor, he's going to go in confident. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe he should. The just funny said, thing is, he said the same thing about ECU's offense during spring, like during fall yeah. camp. We've like Xavier, who's giving you trouble? Nobody. So should we have like hung that up for Donnie Kirkpatrick? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Holden, do you hear what Xavier said about you? Like, that's just how he talks. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Uh Johnny, I'll get to Johnny's question later. Drew says, "Is the scoreboard and new LED ribbons working?" still in a work in progress i believe but the goal is to have them and the expectation is to have them working by saturday the goal is to have them by saturday I mean, they okay. are testing now i don't know i'm not at daddy ficklin stadium blue water pirate has been doing a much better job than me blue water pirate is the eye in the sky i mean this man has been tweeting updates about the ribbon board for a month and a half what is that throw what is that we watch the brewers and pirates play a little league game <laughs> but uh yeah uh listen i mean i'm gonna be honest i guess blunt blunt there you go all right like to me i'm expecting something to go wrong with the video <laughs> board and this is nothing against ecu yeah. like if you're putting in all this new electronical equipment and you can test it all you want to but when you cram fifty thousand people in a stadium for the first time in potentially six years and you've got new equipment what are the chances everything is going to go perfectly smooth? You got yeah. a new sound system. You know, how you test that sound system when there's nobody in the stadium versus 50,000 people can completely change everything. So bear with them. Yeah. You know, it's going to it's going to probably be a work in progress, although I'm sure they're doing everything they can uh, pregame. 
and these are the things that'll come up if ecu loses if ecu loses and plays bad if ecu wins it might be mentioned in passing and maybe in jest as a joke kind of thing but uh it, it won't be a big deal if east carolina plays well and wins the game why is coach o holding a sword it's pretty cool coach o coach carry over to not oh my god he is retiring oh my god breaking no news. wow i heard this from a source at ecu the other day while i was doing PR. wow you're, you're a good uh source keeper because you didn't even tell me i didn't know if it was public uh, a couple minutes ago what are you saying that i would have spilled the beans am i a bean spiller oh yeah all right he's a code cracker i'm a bean spiller bean spiller john gilbert presented dr gary overton a saber on his final day as an ecu athletics employee thank after you. 45 years of service what did he say thank you thank you john thank you so much for the saber what the hell are we gonna do now he's gonna move to he's Corvallis. gonna he's <laughs> he's going back to corvallis i'm going back to corvallis you know what this means to me more opportunities to be on pirate radio opportunity but it coach osha he's still gonna like be around clark claire stadium i assume he's still gonna be that color guy yeah like he's you he can't leave the booth coach oh no he'll be in the hopefully booth. he's just leaving the ecu athletics department therefore now maybe he can travel with scooter yeah to all road games wow that is uh news i did not or see maybe he's going to corvallis <laughs> with that big old sword i go let's do a depth chart re- roundup review that's what we're calling it the All official right. title you got to leave at what time Five thirty-two. okay we're gonna do a segment here take a break and do some picks and do some wrap up that's the plan quarterback hold nailers mason garcia alex flynn or ryan stubblefield nothing shocking there right nothing shocking running back keaton mitchell or rajay harris uh at running back marlon gunn won the three camaro edmonds four no pop mckay listed here you go here's a question over under half a carry for any running back not named keaton mitchell rajay harris on saturday um over so that would be more that would be more carries than any ecu running back had probably in 11 of 12 games last year i think pop mckay had one game where he got carries i remember we talked about that throughout the year yeah. like we we gave that over under out a lot so i'm gonna say over? i'm gonna say with mitchell returning kicks and there's just there i probably shouldn't say it. i'm gonna say over they're gonna try to run the ball they're gonna give these running backs a lot of work there's gonna be a play you know what can i change that and just say marlon gunn will enter the game <laughs> Or does that not count? He's got to carry. He's got to carry the football. I'll go over. I'll go over. I don't know how much I believe in it, but with Mitchell getting extra work, Harris, uh, yeah, I'll take the over. You're obviously leaning under. It sounds mm-hmm. like. All right, uh, wide receiver X. I tell you what, Isaiah. I think Isaiah Wednesday is going to be great, but is he hearing footsteps? I go. I have not thought about this guy all off season. He's on the depth chart. Why was he not at media day? Why is he not a pirate radio athlete? Him. Andre Pagis, my guy. Lee Pagis' long-lost cousin. <laughs> Him or Jared Gardner backing up Isaiah Winstead at the X, at the Z. You've got Jalen Johnson, Kerry King. Inside, uh, C.J. Johnson, Brock Spalding. So, uh, any surprises there? No. What is the deal with uh, Hatfield? When is he going to be eligible to play? Third game. 
he is uh, out for the first two games. All right. So the biggest surprise here was Brock Spalding, a true freshman, making the depth chart. You got guys like Macy O'Donnell, who unfortunately was injured most of the offseason, could still end up playing a role. But um, Brock Spalding, your backup inside receiver, at least on paper. And then uh, at tight end, which is going to be another big-time receiving position for the Pirates, Ryan Jones or Shane Calhoun, listed at tight end, Aaron Jarman, D'Angelo McKinney, they're tight end. Let's look at the starting offensive line. Who's starting at left tackle? Justin Red or Bailey Malovic? You got the newcomer versus Malovic coming off of an injury. I think it would be Malovic. There, you know, some personal reasons he's actually missed some practice this week, so I don't know what his status is going to be for Saturday's opener. But he's had a really good preseason. He's in that mix for sure. Um, if he was full go, he'd probably be starting, but. You know, Justin Red came in as a all-conference transfer from Norfolk State. The biggest adjustment for him is moving from guard to tackle. And so you wonder how that's maybe going to affect things if he's thrown through the fire against a very good NC State defense. Now, talent-wise, he's there, but it would be his first game playing tackle against a really good defense in a new system. Is he our biggest off- offensive lineman? He's a big guy, and he's very athletic. I've seen him single-handedly dominate some of ECU's best players in practice. Like you worry physically. about guys going guard to tackle, and this is like sight unseen, but like just from a quickness standpoint, yeah. you know what I mean, footwork, but you he's don't think pre- it's an issue? He's pretty quick. I mean, he's. I think like if he was trying to play in the NFL, he'd probably profile more as a guard, but definitely at ECU, he's athletic enough to play tackle. Left guard, Nashad Strother. Uh, Richard Pierce is the number two there at center avery jones followed by ben johnson right guard isaiah foot there you go scott in maryland your guys uh first on the depth chart um we did i feel like we didn't talk a ton about him this or maybe you probably did i go i didn't um what about isaiah foot just had a really productive offseason third year in the program kind of his time and you know when they first brought in justin red and ben johnson you kind of assumed they would be the starters at guard or compete for that position but it turns out hey, let's utilize those guys other other areas. And then, you know, with Foote's emergence, it kind of allowed them to do that. Noah Henderson at right tackle, followed by Parker Moore. and uh, West Virginia uh, transfer. I don't know much about Parker Moore. Never seen him play a football game, but just talking to him. And I don't know. I got confidence in that young man. <laughs> He's a good talker. And, Smart uh, individual. Yeah. He, he started seven games at West Virginia last year. So, I mean, if that's your backup tackle – yeah, we'll take that. The, are these interchangeable, Igo? Could we see more play left tackle? You know, he can, but I think he's more comfortable on the right side. Okay. But if like something were to happen to Justin Red and Bailey Malavik, you'd probably see him at, at at right tackle. You know, Walter Stribling has played a little bit, but you know, you want to go. Basically, what they'll do on game day is they'll go into game day with hey, your five starters, and then kind of your contingency plan like if isaiah foot goes down who's the first one in at right guard even though ben johnson's listed as your backup center he could be that guy so they're going to have guys who can play multiple position positions off the bench all right let's uh let's get a break in we got to take a break um robert says i go hobnobbing with josh graham on adam gold's show last week is that true that is true i didn't know that Yep. How'd that go for you? It was actually uh, pretty good. Pleasant? He asked me one ECU question, then he asked me about Matt Rule, and he asked me about Ohio State and Alabama. <laughs> so, typical Josh. Well, I'm going to ask you about Ohio State coming up next because we got to make some picks. We also have to go through the defensive depth chart, and we got to do it in about 10 minutes. So, 
take a break we'll come back oh yeah as we go to break johnny's question he says it's a huge recruiting weekend for all sports johnny wants a non-football nugget i guess you want to think about it through the break your non-football nugget is they are expected to have some big men in for basketball how big uh, seven five seven six <laughs> ten and above all right uh, but I will have more information on that later in the week on hoistthecolors.net. What a pro. You said nugget, and there's this your dang guy. nugget. Now go eat some more McDonald's if that's what you want. Wow. Are you talking to me or Johnny or I'm who? talking to both of y'all. <laughs> Did you ever follow Johnny on Twitter? I don't know. You better do it, right? Let's do it during the break, man. It'll make me feel better. All we'll right. be back after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. First Bank, together with their customers, they're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you. Pirate Radio Live. <clears throat> did you follow Johnny during the break? I did not. I was too busy following uh, pro wrestler Brock Anderson. Brock Anderson will be on the Bud Light pregame tailgate coming up Saturday at 9 o'clock. All right, let's uh, get through this defense, and then we'll make some picks. I guess got to leave in seven minutes. Uh, defensive end, Emmanuel Hickman or Chad Stevens with Josiah Robinson there. Uh, if you have a nugget, I go. You, you like to give out nuggets. You don't like to add the sauce. Like golden nuggets or like chicken nuggets? Corn nuggets. I don't know what that is. I think, isn't that like fried corn or something? I don't know if I've had them, but I think it's a thing. Uh, defensive tackle, Elijah Morris. Uh, backing up him, Surad Ware. D-line. Chandre Mims. He's deep, and they've eaten plenty of nuggets. So. Deontay Johnson. Is that how you say that? Yep, Deontay Johnson. J.D. Lampley and Xavier McIver. McIver? McIver. At uh, tackle. One name missing, Rick DeBrew. What's the dilly, yo? So I went out to practice last week, and he was working with the scout team, and that's not normal. You know, usually the guys who are working with the scout team are your non-starters, third, fourth stringers who are providing a look for the starters on the other side. And so kind of took that, logged that in the back of my memory bank. Yeah. You know, asked some people around the program. It just sounds like it's a – I don't know if it's discipline or what, but clearly something's going on there to where he's not, you know, he's still with the program clearly, but he's not in a good place maybe. So some sort of doghouse situation. Hmm. You just hope it's uh, brief. Well, the you know, the thing is, he's probably your most athletically gifted defensive lineman, but at the same time, you know, if you're going to have somebody out, defensive tackle is not a bad place. I mean, you can I roll guess, six yeah. guys in. I mean, Shandre Mims was an all-conference FCS player last year. He's your third-string defensive tackle. Xavier McIver has played a lot of football. He's your third-string d- defensive tackle on the other side. J.D. Lampley, Deontay Johnson's had a big offseason. Like, I just feel really good about that spot, even with Rick 
potentially not playing outside linebacker your rush guy uh jeremy lewis followed by a great name jack powers Kenny another powers. great name eric doctor and then how about samuel danka <laughs> da- danka uh, danka danka i think is right danka. outside of uh running backs probably the best name yeah group danka all right, cool. In, I think Lewis and Powers will be your main guys there. Inside linebacker X Chance Bates have been has been discussed a lot uh, by Blake Harrell, a because he knows him right from his past, but sounds like we're going to see a lot of him on the field, perhaps. Yeah, I think he's going to play. I think he's going to be in the rotation. He's he's big, physical, smart, a ton of experience, and I think they were a little leery of how his game would translate to this level, but it sounds like he's done really well. So I expect him to play on Saturday uh, a decent amount. Other linebackers, Miles Berry uh, at the one, Taylor Jackson behind him, and Michael Edwards the third. Sam linebacker, Gerard Stringer, Jaira Wilson, Kingston McKinstry, who, uh, well, I guess this is a safety position-ish. Yeah. So, all right. Sam is basically a third safety. And now, uh, here we go. Corners, Malik Fleming and Hickman are your ones. Uh, Pre-Washington, IBM, Isaiah Brown-Murray. Heard a lot about that freshman uh, this offseason. And uh, Juwan Powell, your backups. You know what? A lot of uh, potential with that position, I go. I like that position. Yeah, and they're going to be challenged on Saturday. But I, I I like that room, man. I mean, they may give up a play or two. You know, it's cornerback. Like you're not going to make yeah. every single play. But I, I like the attitude in that room. I like the physicality, the toughness. It's not the biggest room in the world. You know, they do have some five nine, five ten corners, which can be a problem at times. But all those guys, they play with some attitude. They play with confidence, and they just kind of fit the ECU defense. You know, they're not scared. They're fearless, and, and they're not going to back down from a bigger receiver. And I, I'm curious to see what Jawan Powell can do on the edge now that he's practicing uh, fully. As Igo pointed out in his Hoist the Colors depth chart review, which I tuned into, Jaira Wilson also listed uh, in, in fact as an oar uh, at the safety position with Tegan Wilk uh, and Julius Wood, the other starter there, although he has an oar with Sean Dorso, the other uh, Devin King, Devon King. Devin. All right. Uh, Daffer's your kicker, followed by Carson Smith, Luke Lawson, Andrew Conrad, the backup punter. Uh, let's get the long snapper. Oh, the battle rolls on. Colby Carfield and Alex Harper. They're still uh, battling it out. Chandler's not here. Well, let's kick so it to Chandler. We're Chan- not even going to talk let's about it. Let's kick it to Chandler for more. Thanks, Chandler. I go. We got two minutes to make picks. Up, oh, you're too late, pal. Uh, ECU, NC State, NC State by eleven and a half. Who you got? I like ECU to cover at home. Um, Make sorry, a guys. damn pick. Sorry, guys. I was uh, taking out the trash. I mean, in this silence, you can uh, weigh in with your long snapper situation. Alex update. Harper, the starter? I'm going to go. Wow, you're, you're a good listener. 33-21 state. That would be an NC State cover. Yeah. Virginia Tech minus 7.5 against Old Dominion. Is this the first meeting since the Monarchs topped the Hokies in Norfolk? Let's say it is. Monarchs cover. I agree. I like uh, ODU in this one. North Carolina at App State. North Carolina minus one and a half. All right. I'm gonna do that too. Georgia. I got. How about this? There's the haves and have-nots in football. I go and good grief. There are and like goodness. There's like three halves. And my word, 
And my gracious. Oh, my goodness. Two 17-point spreads here involving, like, top 25 power teams. Georgia minus 17 against Oregon. Location? I'm sorry? (laughs) Oh, where's the game? Location? (laughs) (laughs) It's at the, uh, I believe, the dome there in the Mercedes-Benz dome. Is that the location? (laughs) Uh, I'm taking Oregon. Yeah, Oregon won a big game. Was it last year or the year before where they beat somebody like in like maybe Auburn or something like that? Oh, um, yeah, uh, kind of a crazy one, right? Yeah, when, yeah. when was that game? I'm gonna say, when did Oregon win a big game and see what pops Ohio up? State? No, it was the SEC team, it was like Bo Nix, Oregon it was probably Ducks football. Uh, when did Oregon get good at football? That's not going to be I'm picking Oregon. <laughs> not, let's not go down that Google rabbit hole. Ohio State minus 17 against Notre Dame. Oh, I go. You get to pick against the Irish week one. I'm doing it. Are you? Uh, of course. I mean, Ohio State by 30. Yep. There we go. <laughs> Ohio State and Alabama. Thanks for joining us, Stephen. We will uh, talk to you Saturday. Uh, is your lovely wife going to be at the Pirate Radio Party tomorrow? No, neither of us are. Oh, yeah. We're going to uh, Charlotte to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. How about this guy? Uh, are you Are you going to be at the party? I'll be under the bridge at the party tomorrow. <laughs> and nice I will, enough. yeah. All right, well, fly away, my Zephyr. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it's a song, and it sounded damn good. It's my decision living, leaving you with scar tissue. <laughs> it is. It is. Hey, if anybody's going to Charlotte tomorrow for the concert, hit me up. Let's have a few brews. All right. I, I guess we're going to have to give away, give away, give away <laughs> Stephen's tickets now. That uh, is true. And uh, I'm glad you said that, Shirley, because we need to open up the booty bag, too. I'll have a cold snack for you, Stephen. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Are we acting like that's not what we called it yesterday with Bryce Williams? Yeah, but we just did like five straight minutes of Red Hot Chili Pepper songs. And I don't care. I know. Uh, clearly. You could have said, I'll, I'm going to have that beer. Uh, it's going to be as cold as snow. Hey, yo. <laughs> Jesus. That would have worked. It would have worked. All right, I go. I want to just. <laughs> <laughs> don't say it. I want to. <laughs> I don't know how to word this, but you have a soul that I want to squeeze. That is an underrated Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Really hoping they play that live. Uh, and we'll talk to you folks on the other side of this timeout, but other side, don't stop. another one of my favorites. Something, something, something. Uh, addicted to the Shindig. Addicted to the Shindig. That's right. the one I was thinking of. What are we giving away today? Uh, give it away, give it away. $15 gift card to AJ McMurphy's. What we got, we want to give it to your mama. What we got, we want to give it to your papa. <laughs> Stop giving it away. All right. Uh, what color are we looking for? we're addicted to the shindig. Um, I'm going to go with color eight. Color eight. 317-1250. We'll be back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Congratulations to Tyler Harrison of Greenville. Picked up a gift card, a $15 gift card. Courtesy of A.J. McMurphy's, the best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is A.J. McMurphy's. A.J.'s has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia on Wednesdays with our very own Clip Rock. A.J.'s has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an A.J.'s day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is Clip. All right, we... uh are ready to go eight o'clock tonight aj's 29 hard-hitting sports trivia questions can't wait for you three rounds gonna be a lot of fun the chan man is a regular he'll be there his uh team 100 percent hoping to uh to get back in the wind column let's they're struggling if, a little bit let's see if we can uh get everybody back yeah one we of got your... two really good members uh sam taylor who's been a, a friend of the show especially back at the uh, sports bar days and then jake Jake, the uh, monotone Texans fan that used to come on the Friday Football Fan Freeview back in the sports bar days. So if we can get both of those guys, and of course Bobby Raspberry, who's a a true listener of the show. (laughs) Shouting out all your Uh, teammates. Ben, shout out to Ben. Uh, Ben is a Section 213 member with us. Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, can't forget about... um, You forgot about him? uh, Kelly. Smelly Kelly. He does not smell. No, it just rhymes. Yeah, Smelly Kelly. Yep. So uh, that's and, the gang. And perhaps uh, I believe Joe Myancic might make the uh, team again tonight. Yes, he joined us last week, yeah. and it was a great help. So uh, y'all come out, fun time at AJ's eight o'clock tonight, and uh, we'll do battle, and we'll have some Major League Baseball to watch, and some awesome food to eat. And Chandler, I was, I was eyeballing your buffalo chicken wrap last week. And I think I'm going to have to go back to that well tonight because I haven't had it in a while and oh, wow. it looked really good. So. It was really good. It's always really good. And I was thinking about doing the the chicken cheesesteak that you have been munching on the past few weeks. Uh, the old switcheroo? The old sw- I might have to try that. Um, but I could not. I tried to, but I could not get away from the buffalo chicken wrap, folks. It is delicious. If you want to go to a – if you want to go the wing route – I want to say Clip Brock was the one that got me on this. The spicy garlic is a go-to sauce for me. So try it out. AJ McMurphy's. All right. We'll see you there. 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, Shirley Rhodes, let's hear from the uh, Pirate players uh, from earlier this week. As we had them, of course, here Monday on the Players Lounge. Well, Holden Aylers had more to say to the media uh, Tuesday after Mike Houston's press conference. So let's hear from Holton right now. Well, game week, man. finally here. Uh, Just what are your emotions like right now? Yeah, I'm just taking it one day at a time. I mean, watching film, you know, getting as much time in we can with the receivers, with the offense, and I, you know, like I said, just taking it one practice at a time and getting as much film as we can. You know, watching film with the guys that um, are going to be playing Saturday and just trying to trying to get the upper hand on that. But super excited. Um, Hurts going to be close to a sellout, if not a sellout. So we're excited about that. Coach Kirkpatrick said that you were watching film pretty much all summer on these guys. Has I was. Paid off now that you've seen their defense now for a week of practice? Yeah, um, it has. I mean, the, the goal on game day is to go out there and, and like you've seen it before, like you've played them before, um, and that's kind of what film is. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've been watching them forever now. I mean, during summer you have so much spare time. Um, so, I mean, I, I took that time to dive in NC State and 
watch as much as I could of them, and then obviously meeting with the coaches now and getting some extra time with them. So it's been good. You know, I got a good feel for them. But, I mean, obviously, first game of the year, they can come out there and run something totally different. So I'm sure they'll have some different looks for us. But um, we're an experienced group. We've, we've seen a lot of looks in our career, so it's just decided to go out there and compete with them. How much leash do you have to make changes if you if you do catch them and they're like, oh, I know what this is? Yeah. Do you have a yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I mean, this year is kind of one of the first, like, full year where I can kind of do that. Um, I mean, we're a lot of our plays, we're sending in multiple plays, and then based on the look, I'll call the, the play that we have. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate the coaches trust me in that and just got to go out there and produce. And that's what a lot of the film, you know, watching film and seeing, you know, if I get this look, what is the weakness of it and just stuff like that. You know what ECU, NC State's all about. So yeah. how important is it? Maybe not to make it bigger than it is. Like it is just a football game that comes down to execution yeah. on game day. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, we this team's played in big games before. I mean, we have we have a ton of experience coming back, so we've played in big games, and we know not to make it any bigger than it is. I mean, obviously it's an in-state school and it's a big game for us, but at the end of the day, it's just a win. Like it's one tick in the win or loss column. Hopefully, it's a win for us. But uh, I mean, I think last year proved we went up there to App State and. Made a huge deal and ended up, you know, having a pretty good season after that. So um, we're just going to go out there. We felt like we can compete with them. Um, we think they're a really good team. We think we're a really good team. So excited to see the matchup. Did you play in the last game that these two? Schools yeah. Played? So in 2019, I played in 2018. I did not. I was hurt. So. What do you remember from that? Yeah. They kicked our tail. Um, it's the program where it was at the time when we played them. It's not the program that it is now. Um, so we're excited to go out there and show that this program has changed and this program, the city has changed. Um, so excited to go out there and, and play them and kind of show them that. They just told us there's only about 2,000 seats left. Uh, you know, Heck that yeah. says wonders about what you're just saying. Don't yeah, you? for sure. I mean, I think, you know, when I came here in 2018, it was nowhere close to being sold out in any of the games. So I'm just excited to, to have Pirate football back. Um, I mean, I think, you know, we've worked really hard in this. Coach Houston and his staff and, you know, these seniors have worked really hard to get this program back to where it is. Now it's going to go out there and compete. And, um, you know, I mean, they're a national team now. So excited to go compete with them. What do you, any games from this rivalry that you attended as a kid kind of stick out? Uh, you know, growing up here. Yeah, um, the pick with Damian Magazoo when he picked it in overtime when Russell Wilson was here. That was a pretty cool one. Um, I think it was 2016. I was at. I mean, I was at all of them, but probably the, the overtime win was pretty cool. I remember growing up. How much crossover for you? I asked the other guys. You know, Miles said he has a high school teammate and some other Greensboro guys. You're playing against guys that you probably know. Yeah. This week, how is that? You know, leading up to the game. I yeah, guess. I mean, you can't really think about that too much. I do know a bunch of those guys with me. They were in my final two, so I got recruited with a bunch of those guys. Especially, I mean, they're they're really senior heavy, uh, fifth year heavy. So a bunch of those guys I got recruited with and kind of have relationships with. A bunch of them I played in the Shrine Bowl with. So I mean, I know them all really well. Devin, their quarterback, was my roommate and or one of my roommates in the Manning Passing Academy. So I know them pretty well. Um, obviously, I know Coach Jordan really well too. So I mean, there's a, a bunch of crossover there. You know all his weaknesses now. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see Saturday. <laughs> so a lot of times, uh, I guess it's more of an NFL thing when they talk about when one quarterback matched up against another in the record. Yeah. Even though you're not on the same field as the him uh, at the, you know, you are on the field at the same time. Do you kind of relish that going toe to toe with another great quarterback? Yeah. Himself? Yeah. I mean, Devin's had a really good career. Um, obviously, he's get projected, you know, all over the place, and he has a lot of hype around him. So he's a good dude. Um, I mean, we're. We're competitors, but at the end of the day, we are friends too. So, um, you know, wish him nothing but the best. Obviously, not Saturday, but uh, you know, other than that, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a great dude, and wish him but the best. 
sounds like Keaton Mitchell will do some kick returns. So I know you won't yeah. be out there. Uh, but what, what it will be like watching that on the sideline, maybe to start a game or just throughout the year? Um, probably like watching Chris Johnson when I was growing up. So I hope it's like that. I mean, that's what I'm expecting. So uh, he's as electric as anyone I've seen since Chris Johnson. So um, I'm, I'm glad he's on my team. You said he got faster in the offseason. He did. He faster? No, yeah, he did. He did. Um, hopefully you'll see a bunch of those runs Saturday. Holden Naylor's talking to members of the media earlier this week. And, uh, man, excited to see Keaton Mitchell on the field. You think about last year's season opener, didn't go the Pirates' way, but that swing pass to Keaton Mitchell certainly went the Pirates' way for six. Uh, just not a lot of offensive explosion after that play. Uh, let's hear from Xavier Smith as well. As uh, We caught up with X Monday on the Delcor Players Lounge. He uh, spoke more on Tuesday. Well, X-Men game week finally here, so just what's it feel like to finally be in the, the mix of NC State prep and almost there? Uh, I feel real, real calm, uh, surprisingly, this time. Uh, I know um, past years, you know, if you let the emotion get to you too much, it kind of psychs you out, so I'm trying to stay level-headed and just focus on our job and kind of relaying that to the team so we're all level-headed and, you know, go out there and be ready to do what we say we're going to do. You started, I think, at tight end in the 2018 game at oh, NC State. <laughs> um, how far have you come since then and then to the team? Like, I mean, how do you compare, like, that maybe the, that pregame versus what you guys are going through now? I mean, I was at tight end, to say the <laughs> least. So, I mean, I feel like that says enough in regards to that. But the team's definitely grown. The team's definitely helped me grow as well. Uh, a lot of the younger guys, a lot of the older guys, even the guys in my class, Miles Berry, you know, a lot of guys helped me develop into the person I am, the player I am. And then a lot of younger guys, they just show me things that I didn't do that helps me now to tidy tidy up on that and help them in that uh, aspect of their game to help them grow as individuals and as players as well. I asked Miles, and I'll ask you, how personally gratifying is it to see where this program was in 2018 when you were playing tight end to where you've come now? I mean, it's got to be really cool for everybody I mean it's been truly a blessing to say the least like I don't want to take credit for it because you know it's a lot of younger players that and you know a lot of coaching that had to go into it as well it wasn't just us so it was a team effort but year five is great to finally see you know the the things we say we're going to do back in 2018 we're being recruited saying we want to come here to change the program and then it's been a roller coaster ride obviously up and down not going as fast as we wanted but it's finally here, so it's very rewarding to finally be a part of that. Crowd noise is always the thing they talk about to the, the away team, but you guys obviously being on defense, it's going to be really loud when you mm-hmm. guys are on the field. Is there, have you guys done anything to mimic that in practice, just the, the crowd noise you guys trying to communicate pre snap? I mean, it's hard to mimic how loud it is in a game situation, but the only thing we can do is just focus on communicating visual and verbal. Uh, that way we're all on the same page and we don't, you know, beat ourselves in that regard to the game. You know, we playing as a unit and just doing our job. How do you balance feeding off the crowd, but also like staying within yourself, not trying to do too much in that environment? Oh, I love it. Uh, The crowd definitely get me going. You know, COVID year was a humbling year for a lot. You know, they had to play a game with no noise. It was kind of easier, not easier, but easier to hear, easier to communicate. But man, having a crowd packed out, I mean, it's, it's great. You know, we love it. We feed off that energy. We just got to do a good job communicating so we're all on the same page. Going off of what he said and what he said, 
They just told us you only got about 2,000 seats left. So, so how excited as a defense does that make you knowing this place is going to be jammed? I mean, it could be 2,000 seats left, 5,000 seats left. I'm just grateful for whoever come out to support us because, you know, all that means everything to us. But you played in, I guess, South Carolina was probably the biggest crowd we had here last year. Mm -hmm. You know, just like how, how does – how do you get the defense, you know, ready for that and how, how much is that going to play a factor in this game? I mean – Time will tell, you know, everyone handles it a little bit differently. Uh, all I can do as a player is advise them to, you know, cancel out the noise, don't let it get the best of you because your emotions can really mess up, you know, your mental aspect of the game. And that's important in a football game, having your mental level-headed. So really just talking to the players and doing as much as I can to show them, you know, to tune out the outside noise and just focus on what we got to do. I kind of asked Miles a little bit about, how close these two schools are, and a lot of the guys might have played against each other, or mm -hmm. know each other through camps or whatever. Do you, is, is it that close? Or are you are you hearing some things and giving some things, or how are, how is it for you? I mean, people are always talking. You know, uh, I don't really pay much mind to it. You know, I know the type of person I am. I know what kind of team we have. Uh, it's nothing but respect. I know that's what comes with the game of football. We all love to compete, and you know, emotions and competitive edge. You know. It is what it is. You know, I love it. I all respect the NC State, you know, but fear none at the same time. And that's just the approach with anybody and the approach with life as well. So, Do you have any high school teammates or friends on the other team that you know? I think they all transferred by now. <laughs> I did when I was probably a freshman, sophomore, but they all gone now. ECU and NC State is a rivalry that goes back to 1970. Have you, like, done any studying on it or, like, watched any highlights of previous games even before you got here? I mean, I see a couple clips, like, here and then. But, like, I didn't even really understand the rivalry until I got here. So I'm kind of playing catch-up where, like, the North Carolina guys, they already understand it. They came here knowing the rivalries already. So I'm really playing catch-up. So I'm, like, a couple years behind on, you know, what it really means because I'm not from here. But... Being here for five years, I feel like I feel it enough to understand how they feel, like my energy times 10. Pirate Nation tore down their goalpost twice. Oh, yeah, let's and do Rob. it again. And Rob. <laughs> Try to do it again. All right, there is Xavier Smith, East Carolina linebacker. You also heard from Holt Nailers. Let's take a timeout, come back, get ready to wrap up today's edition of Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report for today. The Dow was down 280 points, closed out at 31,510. NASDAQ was down 66 points points and finished the day at 11,816. The S&P was down 31 at 3,955. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report for a personal look into investing. 
Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Cliff. All right, trying to wrap up the show. We got some people trying to sell us something, knocking on the door here at Pirate Radio. No soliciting. No soliciting. Oh, it's your uh, fifth quarter, buddy. It's Billy Weaver. What's up, Weave? Uh, yeah. You can Billy, say- I do have a question about your poop drugs. Okay, I'm listening. The poop drugs, do yep. they help you poop or do they help you stop pooping? Both. Oh, okay. I was just <laughs> wondering. I have, same I have, time. I have uh, medication for IBSD, which is irritable bowel syndrome with diarrhea, or irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or chronic idiopathic constipation. Or I also have drugs for um, extracan pancreatic insufficiency, so we can go over all that stuff off the air if <laughs> wow. you want to. I hate that we're out of time. With the I am so <laughs> sorry I asked. <laughs> hey, I've got poop emojis in my Jeep in the front windshield. I have to bring those in. They're, they're hysterical. Weave, we'll see you in that chair Saturday afternoon i can't wait man i'm so happy and uh why the reason i'm here is i'm picking up my tickets for the the pirate uh pre-game party we'll see you thursday night yes yes sir. The oh yeah they're, about they're on the desk yes all right good deal Woo-hoo. good to see you briefly billy yeah you too a preview well, of too. saturday we'll hang out a lot longer saturday afternoon taking yes. your calls on we'll, the u.s sailor fifth quarter calling show we'll talk more about ibs yeah, perhaps yes yes all right for shirley rhodes chan man billy weaver i'm clip brock we'll talk to you thursday three o'clock on an all-new edition of pirate radio live so long everybody thanks for listening to pirate radio live an exclusive presentation of the voice of the pirate nation